0: Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the cool cool, 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 down. And today we have a very, very special guest. It's something I've been trying to do for a while, and we've got him. We've got him, Silo Chris. Uh,
1: I don't know how you pronounce his name. Is it Polish Pajak? It, it is Pajak, yes. Well done, I oh, it, yeah. I, honestly. That's uh, that's incredible. We say Pajak in England, but it's actually, I suppose, it's <laughs> I suppose it's Pajonk, really. Um, okay. but there's a little to see under the A. It doesn't matter, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> nice. No, okay. Oh, so was, that, that, that's so what I are, are you are you Polish? No, no. Me, me dad, me dad's mum and dad were Polish, and his okay. brother and sister were born over there. But he was born in England in um okay. like a Polish resettlement camp during uh, well after the war.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that is, that uh, is an uh, interesting. You, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Having a Polish um, heritage, um, they all, all the way
1: in Liverpool. I know it's madness. Honestly. So like me my granddad was a prisoner of war and like 13 years give or take was it between seeing his, his wife and so there's a 13 year age gap between my dad's older brother and sister and him and him and oh, his wow. little brother were like a year a year when they met together in, in, in England and then they've just all scattered around the country now but my dad and his older brother came to Liverpool and my, my dad stayed here like so then, how did he become a Liverpool fan? did
0: he just uh, obviously move to Liverpool city-
1: uh, yeah, he was, yeah. Born, he was born down south, a year or two down south, and then he came up to Stafford, um, and then he grew up in Stafford, he's a bit of a rugby man, my dad, and then he come to Liverpool, and like rugby's nowhere near as big, so he just picked the local side, so this is like sort of, well, it would have been like late 70s, something like that, um, and he just wanted to start going to the footy and stuff like that, so he became a Liverpool fan, which is why I've been brought up a Liverpool fan. Proper. Um, that's that's
2: that's uh uh luckily uh, Liverpool was the dominant team back then. You could have been an Everton fan if if, if it was a different uh, time.
1: I tried to be. Um when I was two years old, I was going to nursery Whoa. and um and I come back from nursery one time. And uh, I was like, my me, me two best mates from there, she were both blues and stuff. And I think, I think Everton had just won an FA Cup or something like that. And I came back and I went, Dad, I'm going to be an Everton fan. And he went, no, you're not, son. <laughs>
2: you're
1: not coming back in the house. And he locked me outside the house. So I was like two years old. He locked me outside the house. I lasted about 30 seconds, cried my eyes out, and then I came in, and I've been a Liverpool fan ever since. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, like, genuinely, I could have very easily have been an Everton fan, and my brother, funnily enough, did the same trick, and my brother, like, two, three years old, just walked off up the street. Instead, like, I was crying my eyes out, and my brother just walked up the street, and my dad had to run out there and grab him, because, obviously, you can't have a three-year-old running running up and down the streets. Uh, and my brother's been a blue ever since, like, so, yeah, there you go. There's a little mad so you story, got- for yeah.
0: So I suppose, I mean, we're going to touch on it uh, later with the Liverpool-Everton result, but I mean, that must have been an interesting uh, atmosphere at your at your place over the weekend, eh?
1: Thankfully, I don't live with him anymore, mate, because um, it would have been <laughs> horrible had I lived with him. But I got a few text messages and stuff like that. Like, I don't go... Like, we have our banter and stuff like that, but I don't go in hard and, and stuff like that because... To be quite honest, I felt sorry for him for a long time um, yeah. because of the results just weren't going their way. And he didn't need me to, to go in on him. He's enjoyed this weekend, shall we say. And he deserves to enjoy it. Like, Everton with the better side and they won the game. And like if it had been that long the other way, we'd have been in town, mate. And they weren't even able to do that. So I I, yeah, I, I don't begrudge Everton fans having a little victory and having a little win, although it hurts. You know what I mean? It's their, it's, yeah, it's their, it's, it's their Premier League title. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. it's It's been absolutely massive for them, hasn't it? It's, it's been unprecedented, hasn't it, what happened? You know, that's just a ridiculous number of years. I mean, yeah, 1999, true. since you win at your rivals' place, that's just crazy. And, you know, a long time, even since they've just beaten us. So, we've had a good run. Um, and if it was going to happen, it was going to happen in this season while we're in this form, wasn't it? So, yeah, you are yeah. just got to get used to it, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I suppose, like, if, as a Liverpool fan, you you won't be too upset about this as well. Like you said, it was time, it's coming. I mean, Henderson going off for the first 20 minutes, things just, it's just one of those seasons where we can write off. But before, again, we talk about the game. Chris, a couple of questions have come in, and one of the questions that were asked was, do you ever get any calls from the club, Liverpool, that being, uh, with regards to what is said on the show
1: from no, a Red man TV
0: perspective? Never. So no, they just not- let you run autonomously.
1: Yeah, 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 they're nothing to do with us. Um, we've had it once where someone from the club has reached out and that was in 2013-14. Um, when when Gerrard slipped after that game, I said some things that I massively regret. And probably a lot of people will know about it. Um, it was basically along the lines of, if you don't know what it is, I basically called all Chelsea players Rent Boys. Now, I didn't know back then um, that Rent Boys was synonymous with being a slayer on um, homosexuals, um, and somebody reached out from the football club to say, like, just say, we've had we've had this thing. This video has been said. It's really homophobic and all that type of stuff. That's the only time they've ever reached out. We pulled that video down because obviously you don't want to yeah. offend people. It went massively viral and all that type of stuff, and you know it was terrible to be honest with you for 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 quite some time, um, because we kind of we we kind of became known from that video, and you know lots of Liverpool fans loved it. Um, but I, I cringe whenever I hear that little video clip because it went on to Vine, and when Vine was massive, it went everywhere like a little bit like TikTok now, I suppose, in, in that type yeah. of thing. Something can just go viral really, really quickly. Um, and it did, unfortunately, and it for the wrong reasons. You know, if you want to go viral, you want to go viral for a good reason, you don't yeah. want to go viral for a homophobic slayer or anything like that. And I genuinely, I genuinely believe that I, what I meant was. Like They're just going to take the money, the players, and they're going to move on. And they don't feel that love for the football club. And that's what I didn't express. I expressed it with a homophobic slur. unfortunately. But it is what it you is. Know, you know,
2: you know when, you, when you say all of that... Um it reminds me, Claudia's favorite thing to say on our show is that Liverpool is a is a family club. So I think it touches on to what you were saying that Chelsea isn't a family club; is a it's a corporate, it's a corporate club. club. As Claudia yes. as, 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 Claudio, as Claudio always <laughs> says. So you know, but um, just just what do you think of um, you know the owners that that have obviously have, have obviously kind of saved uh, Liverpool um, from the Hicks and uh, Gillette days?
1: Well, listen, I I like what they've done at the club. Um, I'm you know there's a part of me that wishes that we could go out and spend 150 million pound on a player but that's just not our club unfortunately um i think you just got to accept that sometimes i think when you look at the job that they've done on the whole they're not without fault they've made loads mm. of mistakes along the way you know trying to hike the ticket prices to 77 pounds and trying to furlough staff and they're just too off the top of my head that i can think about and they've done loads of things wrong but they've done loads of things well you know it, there was a 30-year wait for a title. They've managed to deliver that. We've won a European Cup. We've built us to a solid foundation for the football side that I don't think will be dismissed anytime soon. You know, we've mm-hmm. been trying to claw back into the Premier League um, and and get in that title race for a long time, and they've they've managed and, and enabled us to do that, haven't they? So I think there's a lot of good stuff that they've done. Um, But like all owners, they do make mistakes and you have to hold your owners to account. And I think that's what Liverpool fans have been able to do. Whenever they've come out and they've made a mistake, Liverpool fans have mobilised, spoken about it. Sometimes we've been on the picket line and, you know, we've walked out um, of the the stands in opposition to what the owners are doing. And thankfully, our owners have changed their mind each time they've made a horrendous mistake. You know, they didn't end up furloughing the staff and they didn't rise the ticket prices to 70 or £7. There are a lot of clubs owners that would have done that anyway, regardless. So I think all told, they've been good owners for us, although they could spend a little bit more money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's
2: that's, that's, that, that's understandable, I guess. You know, uh, especially when you see uh, the Manchester clubs are spending a bit more, and obviously Chelsea spending so much, you just ask yourself, like, how can we compete, and how can we, you know, stay up with these cl- clubs? But I think, yeah, you guys have done well, and it's uh, it's, it's 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 something to 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 admire uh, as other fans. Uh, but you know, just just on the on the fan channel side. You know, where do you think um you know the direction of fan channels is going? Because obviously, you know, you've got you guys have grown uh massively. And then I look at um, you know, a, a rival uh fan, fan 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 um you know um channel like United Stand that's also like quite big. You know, obviously I know you guys um have each other on each other's shows um often when 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 it's a man united Liverpool game. So but where do you think
1: the the, 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 the fan channels will, will, will go in the next like five or so years? I'm not sure where they'll go, um, but I know that they're here for the long run. I think. Um, I think what a lot of what a, what a lot of fans crave is the truth and just you know other fan opinion and stuff like that. I'm not saying that we talk the truth. Do you know what I mean? I, I think yeah. we, we'll tell it as we see it. You know, we'll, we'll tell our opinions as we see it. So I think that they're here. I think there was a niche in the market, wasn't there? Where I think a lot of pundits tell you one way. Clubs, television channels are very much. Mm, they don't want to say anything bad about the team and the club, obviously, mm. uh, for obvious reasons. So you're not getting the truth as a fan sees it uh, from those outlets. So I think fan channels are going to be here and we crave other people's opinions. We want other people's opinions, whether we agree with them or we disagree with them. We like things that make us question our opinions as well. I think, you know, I always like to think that, you know, I'm not going to be right every time I have an opinion, but at least I've thought about it. At least I, I'm not going to jump to a conclusion dead quickly on things. Um, you know, but I'm always going to tell you the truth as I see it. And I think a lot mm. of people like that, you know, and, you know, there'll be people out there that say you don't. And there'll be people out there. And I know that there are people out there who say, like, yeah, you know, the club pay you. Oh, it's rubbish. Like, you know, I just don't happen to see it like you see it, um, which is fine. You're allowed your opinion. I'm allowed my opinion. I'm never, that's the thing. We're not, like, we don't pretend to be the voice of the fans. Mm. We're just, we're just us being us talking about the football. We're not trying to pretend that we are the voice of every yeah. Liverpool fan around the world. That's not what fan channels are. Fan channels are ultimately just a few people with a few opinions that want to talk about football. Um sure. but so I don't I don't really know what's going to happen in the future. Um a lot more live content seems to be the way that it's going now. Um and obviously because of COVID and everything else, everyone's been able to do this stuff, um, which I think is brilliant because you know I would never have been able to do this show with you guys today yeah. had it not been for the like what am i allowed to say what platform we're on now and um, because yeah. of all the platforms <laughs> yeah. like skype and zoom and Streamyards, and they've made it really easy for everybody to get that's in true. touch with people and speak to people and that's good because that just means you're widening your knowledge and your understanding of what other people think from around the world like so we can get people on you know very early on in the pandemic we were getting live. we got jose Enrique on from spain you know got gillan balagay oh, on amazing. from spain and and, and all yeah. this type of stuff because these it's now Mm. Yeah. it's now just accepted that you can do this and it's quite cool because you open yourself up to a load of other people that you wouldn't have been able to speak to previously.
2: No, yeah, that's definitely. true. It, it is pretty cool because if you watch like even the, the, the mainstream ones like Skype and everything and then they call guys from Nigel Rio is in the US and they're talking to him about something, and Gabriel Hall is somewhere. And they obviously, when they talk about certain clubs and everything, so it is pretty cool that you can connect with so many other people. Um, obviously, it's due to this pandemic, which, is, which has opened up so many doors for, for people to connect, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, the platforms have stepped up as well. Like, I mean, you know, the platforms—they're there now. Like, Zoom's made it really easy for people to to do this type of thing. Streamyard makes it really easy for us, and we can all do it now with our mobile phones for the most part. If we haven't got a PC, like all you need is a mobile phone, and if you've got good internet or whatever, you can do this type of stuff. When we started Red Men, it was twenty ten. Like you know, uh, you couldn't do it with your phones in 2010. Like you yeah. just, the, the technology hadn't caught up. And I think that's the other thing now is that anybody can do a fan channel pretty much, um, which opens it up even more. Just means there's going to be more people talking about it, which is really great. And you know, I you know, I get on with Mark, um, Mark Goldbridge from the United Stand. I think he's. Re- yeah. I think his content's really funny. I think it's really different. You know, you've got to respect what he's been able to do, and yeah. that's the thing. Ultimately, it's just a community of people we're all talking about football and you know people might not like it people like it people love it people don't like it that's fine like it's always going to be though because there's loads of people that really like it and we've given and we get this all the time people say to us we feel like we know you and we feel like we know the city a little bit more for having you speak on it that's brilliant from where we are because that's one of the reasons that we started it in the first place and we've created this community around us and around the football that people enjoy it and they go into the chat we've got discord groups and facebook groups where people are talking about football all the time they're really just cool platforms that people get involved in like so it's really wicked man it's it's incredible what's what's sprung up around the fan channels i know we've got like a website where people subscribe to and some of the lads in there in our discord group they like I, i like the discords is much a part of as as red men as watching the videos, they were saying because they mm. enjoy the, the interaction with people, mm. and it's people from all over the world that have the same similar viewpoint to you that you can talk with. Lots of people. Yeah. I'm lucky. I, I I go to footy with people, but there's loads of people all around the world who don't. Who might support Liverpool and they might be the only Liverpool fan that they know. And we've been able to give them Make people other, to yeah. talk to and stuff like that, mm. and that's amazing. Because I I'm an NFL fan as well, so I'm a I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I don't know any Minnesota Vikings fans and there's no Minnesota Vikings fan TV as far as I'm aware. But yeah, get it'd up in the nice. uh, Well yeah, it would be nice if there was that little community where I could get involved in. You True. know, yeah. and I'd be, you know from from the flip side of it So, I, yeah, I know that I crave something like that on the back end. Um, so it's nice that we've been able to do it with Redman for other people.
0: So, but Chris, when you're talking about this and you're talking about community engagement, and I think that's, that's the huge part And for us to tell those points into what you're already saying. To get you onto the show for us, or for me in particular, is huge because like you said, I'm a South African and I'm engaging with a guy who lives in Liverpool, who's fully immersed in it and he's got his own platform going, something we're trying to do here. And it's it's super, super rad that we could connect on that level. But one of the, the questions I want to ask you in terms of how would you go and give other guys that are doing something similar? You've mentioned Discord. You've mentioned the other platforms. What kind of advice would you give them, like, starting out? Because you've seen you, – you were one of the founders, technically speaking, in terms of this movement, where you guys were filming traditionally, and it took two, three days to produce content before it got out. Now, all of a sudden, it's live. So what are the do's and the don'ts when you are starting a platform?
1: Um, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, like, we, we just <laughs> did it. We just did it because we wanted to have a laugh, mate, and, and I think – a lot of people think that we do it because, you know, you had this idea that you can make a load of money. That's not why we started it. We started it because we love talking about Liverpool. We were having the conversations in the pub and we just wanted to do something different with it. We're having those conversations anyway. You still have those conversations when you're in the yeah. pub. And it's just, a, it's just a passion project. And I think if you, if you keep it like that and you understand that, you know, you enjoy doing it and you make sure that you, you don't do content that you don't enjoy just because of views like we got into a bit of a rut a few years ago where i think we can honestly say we were doing stuff because we did stuff rather than we were doing stuff because we enjoy doing it do you know what i mean so is that the one
0: energy, of those era um, mcquinnah skits that you guys had like in 2010 when you started out
1: well, we used to do, we used to love that stuff <laughs> you know what i mean and, and, yeah. and but as long as you're doing stuff that you enjoy and like I, we called a bit of content a few years back because we realized that we were doing it because it was popular just- and and it's like we don't enjoy it ourselves so why are we doing it like that's what it's got to be you've got if you're going to put as many hours into this stuff as you you want and as we all do then you've got to enjoy it man And, and so that's that's a big part and parcel of it I think keep going as well and if you're enjoying it it doesn't matter what views and numbers you get like it's just about whether you're enjoying it isn't it and if other people are enjoying it that's cool so we had a thing where when we started the website we put loads and loads of content behind the paywall and it used to really depress paul because you know we'd have like we'd have yeah, like people, that. we'd have like 100 people yeah. watching a show that it took him three days to edit and as a creator that's really hard to take because you think well i could put it out on youtube and Five thousand people might watch it, and that's a that's a much better situation to be in as a creator. So I just think like we we just went into it, man. And We just made stuff up as we went along, to be quite honest with you. Um, but I think for me, it's massively important the community element of it. Like that, I enjoy that side of it just as much as I do making the videos. And it's hard when you get big to be able to take the time to look through the comments and stuff like that. Which is why the live comments really works for us because we're then we're there. You know, we're, we're interacting then and there. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're not interacting with people, you just you just TV, and that's not what we are. Yeah. We are like I always say this: TV is broadcast. You sit down and you watch it, and that's that's it. You you consume it. That's all you can do. We've got an opportunity to speak to our audience while we're live, Something TV can't really do. They might do it. They might bring a tweet in after it's been verified by six people to make sure they're okay to answer that question. Yeah. We'll just talk to the people who are with us right then and there. And that's that's what separates us. And we'll That, that might take the show in a completely different direction, but it's so cool because of it. That's yeah. the difference. That's mm-hmm. the difference.
0: And uh, talking about taking a show in a different direction, I think um, someone's tweeted or put up a comment here, Chris, saying he heard you once wore an Everton shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. I found the shirt. Um, I found the shirt on Google, even when, when I searched for it. No? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It it was on my Facebook originally, where it started from. So I lost a bet with my brother going into I think it was like a two thousand and six derby. It was the um, yeah. oh, what's his name? Hey, Andy Johnson was he? It was the one where he ah. was, and the, and the winner <laughs> scored those goals, and the winner yeah. of the bet the other person had to wear the, the shirt, the next Derby. So it was like three months later when Liverpool then had to play Everton again. And I had to wear the Everton shirt for the entirety of that Derby. That photo was taken outside Paul's house. Like, you know, he was the one who took the photo. I would, I refused to go to the pub in it. So we watched the game, just me and him and his dad in the house because I didn't want to go to the pub in an Everton shirt. And that was the photo, but he had to send me brother proof. And so it's on my Facebook. It's, it's always been on my Facebook. <laughs> Ped from Toffee TV, asked a, my brother sent it to Ped from Toffee TV and Ped put it out on Twitter and then it goes mad, mad and then everyone thinks I'm an Everton fan. It's like, okay, you think what you want, it's not going to piss me off because I know I wasn't. <laughs> I, yeah, told yeah, it's, it's, I told you the story. I told you when I was two and trying to become an Everton fan and my dad exactly. had none of it. Like, yeah. And people think it gets on my nerves. I'm like, it's just a bit annoying that some people think I am when I wasn't. It's not like I'm a about But, marriage, but that's the benefit.
0: That's a valid sort of thing to bring up because, again, someone here has asked, like, how do you deal with the criticism from other fans? And to that point where you're saying, you know, you come out and you're authentic and you're real, and that's the, the, the sort of the thing that separates what you do from what broadcasters do. And when you are so vulnerable and you're putting yourself up, people then connect with you, but at the same time, you open yourself up for the, the other end of things. And how has it been dealing with all of that?
1: That's the hardest part of it because there's no training for it. Like all of a sudden, you're making content that people like, and then, and then I think we got to a point where we were starting to be seen by people who weren't interested in that content, and and I don't know what like what size it was. Maybe it was a hundred thousand subscribers. I don't know, whatever. But all of a sudden, people who don't like us were seeing it in their Twitter feeds and in their Facebook because other people were liking and sharing it, mm. and it got to that point And then you start getting loads of abuse off people, and it's just, it's. It can sideswipe you to be honest with you. Like, I'll be, I've got two young kids, and you know, I'll be, maybe I'll be checking my phone or something late, late at night or over dinner time or whatever. And all of a sudden, just someone calls you something terrible out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a bad mood, and like, my kids are missing out on me spending time with them and stuff like that. That's the thing that people don't get. That, like, and then I, it wasn't, it was only a couple of years ago, I started to deal with it a bit better. Like, um, I remember a mate of mine just said to me, like, are they in your circle of trust? No. Then what are you listening to them for? Like, I mean, it's some fella who's got a picture of somebody, a footballer, in his bio. Does it matter what they think about you? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And then once you realise that, and there's other things you can do. The block button's really good. The mute button's really <laughs> good. I've got yeah. on private. I've got on private on Twitter actually a few how, weeks how, ago. How come?
2: How come? Because I, 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 I went on your Twitter bio and, and Twitter page, and
1: that's was protected. Because he's protecting himself
0: from Man United fans like you, bro. No, no. no,
3: Honestly,
1: I I don't need it. I don't need any abuse in my life. Like, there's just – you can't – nothing good comes from people being able to abuse you online for something that you can't control. Like, you know what I mean? And so after a while, I got to a point where I was like, I'll go on private for a bit and I'll see what it's like. I'll tell you what, I've enjoyed Twitter a lot more since because now I'm just basically getting a feed. And if someone gives us abuse, it means it's one of my followers. I kind of block them and that's that. You know sure. what I mean? And, uh, th- and that's that's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I mm. to be honest with you, it was that or I went on a private Twitter on my own and didn't use yeah. mine. And I found this worked and I, I really, I've started to really enjoy Twitter again because it's, it does knock you for six meters. And I tell you what, if I was like a 17 year old, me doing this now, there's no way they've been able to deal with it. Yeah. And I can't believe that like Twitter and these platforms still doesn't make you verify who you are. Like it's madness. And I, I like we're tiny and you see the, the abuse that these footballers get. Like you just have to look at like Genie White yeah. post after the weekend. Roomph. No wonder. Like, no wonder they don't look at their own twisted accounts and that's stuff. True. It's horrendous. Like my mum and dad used to say to me, uh, "If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it." Well, there's a lot yeah. of people around the world who need to listen to that advice because it's just horrendous. Some of the stuff that's said now on uh, nowadays on all these platforms, it's embarrassing to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, but um, let's—that's the I suppose the serious side of the social network and everything else and how we connected. But, Chris, in terms of the Red Men TV, what has been the craziest moment you've ever experienced and what has been, like, the happiest moment, those two moments, in terms of being like, I'm a fan, this has happened, Red Men TV. I know I've seen a couple of things with you and Jamie Carragher and you do all sorts of crazy things, but, like, what is the craziest, craziest moment and then your happiest moment?
1: Happiest moments winning the league title by a mile, but also interviewing Jürgen Klopp. I mean, sitting down in a hotel in Boston in America and interviewing the Liverpool manager, it was just an absolute dream come true. I got 20, 25 minutes of time with him, just a one-on-one interview. He was great as he is in in all the things that you see him do. It was amazing. And I I can't, you know, the thing is, there was like, there's so many things that we've done over the years that you look back on, like I've interviewed childhood hero robbie fowler jamie carragher Um, uh, you know i've spoken i've done podcasts with kenny Darglish. Uh and it's just I and mean, we you don't stop and sort of smell the roses often enough and it comes to the end of the season you go look at what we did there and you're like yeah. oh my god that was just incredible like but by a mile interviewing jürgen klopp proper yeah That's
0: That's Can you
1: imagine
0: um be- before we introduce the other guys chris i want to say I saw you had, some other, you had another show where you spoke about going to Kiev for the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. And I liked what you said in terms of fans feeling entitled. And I, for me personally, I can resonate because I was at that same final, but I, I, didn't, I flew all the way to Kiev three flights and I didn't get any tickets. Oh, I didn't have any tickets and I managed to get a ticket outside the stadium a couple of hours before. And I landed up sitting with the Real Madrid fans and I had this old lady like wave a flag in my face when Bale did the bicycle. And um, from your perspective in terms of fans giving – It's it's one of those things where you you say what you think and you feel and you one of those fans that I can get behind when you go into the stadium and you're singing all the time. What message would you have for like all these satellite fans who tend to say they are fans but they they actually switch it off as soon as their team starts losing?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, I suppose you know there there is a difference between being a fan and a supporter in my eyes. You know, and I think a lot of Liverpool. Fans are Liverpool supporters and they're there through thick and thin and they understand the words of the song and everything else through the wind and the rain and all that type of stuff. And that's kind of it, isn't it? You know, when you're a supporter, you've got one job, it's to support your team and you might disagree with things and, you know, in the build up to games, you might disagree and you might, you know, any fan can can appreciate this. You're gonna disagree with the manager and who he puts out occasionally and why this player's played and why that one's not mm-hmm. playing and all that type of stuff. But it doesn't matter when you get in the ground or when the team's on. You're supporting there, that's what you're there for. You you're supposed to build them up and make them think like nobody can beat them and all that type of stuff. And I think you know a lot of people aren't lucky enough to go to the game. And I and I recognise that. And there's a frustration I think that's linked to not being able to go to the game. And therefore having to almost not prove, but so I think a lot of people think, oh, I've got to prove that this matters to me. So I'm going to get angry about it. Like if I shout loud and I'm angry and you can see that I'm upset, then people will know that I love this football club and it's just nonsense to be honest with you. We all deal with situations in different ways. I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong way to deal with something. I'd I'd never tell someone how they should deal with a situation. But I just know that when I get into those situations, I get really angry and about 10 minutes later I'm all right. And then I'm like, all right, my rational head comes on. Right, like, okay, well, what did we do well and all that type of stuff? It's just how oh, I enjoy football, like how you enjoy football might be completely different, but uh, I don't think it does the team any favors by going on on social media and bleating about it for seven days straight, yeah, uh, tweeting three times an hour about some player and all that. It doesn't, it's not, you're not really a supporter, you're just a tit with a Twitter account. <laughs> no, it's true.
2: Did, uh, so, uh, one more question. I... <laughs> no, 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 and I, I think I won't say a question, but just, just, just to, just to echo your sentiments, because that's true. Like, like you can be frustrated at something in that moment, which is okay, because because we obviously watching the game, but after, after, you know, you need to support the team and build them up and don't don't bring them down, because at the end of the day, these are the people that will you know, lead your team to a title or lead your team to victory at the end of the day. If you're bring them down, you're not helping them at all, you know, especially if you're in the stadium, you're not you're not you're not supporting. And also obviously on social media as well, you need to have a, a positive environment around 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 your club, you know. And that does suck there's so many people on, on social media that just say nonsense about about people and, and the club and, and those those are those are not really supporters. They they're just people who, who just watch for, for, for the sake of watching.
0: Yeah, and let's see if the the guys I'm going to bring on now, if they just watch for the sake of watching off their fans or their supporters, <laughs> let's see. We, we've got...
2: The guy who's a Newcastle supporter is definitely through and through. I met his dog. <laughs> his dog's name is jo, uh, jo, Jordi, so he's
4: definitely a supporter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I've been, through, I've been through some tough times, uh, Chris. I've been through, through, through some tough times and I'm going through one of those at the minute. So I might not be on the show next season if we get relegated. So all <laughs> thumbs for me, mate. Hold thumbs <laughs> how long have you been supporting Newcastle or
1: when did you start following uh,
4: Newcastle? I didn't really have a choice. Uh, my old man was, uh, we were watching an FA Cup final in 98 uh, against Arsenal. And uh, I got given a jersey, and that was it. Um, I'd previously watched a few games before, but I don't really recall. Um, so, yeah, all my life, really. My my grandfather's from up north, so, yeah, there was no choice. There was no choice in the matter. And I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it any, any other way, because I think we will get our day, and uh, hopefully I can just see us lift a trophy. That would be great, even if it's a League Cup. That would be fantastic. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I actually think um, Nick Nick sent a question through, and I didn't ask you this question. He actually asked, "Who are the best set of fans other than LFC fans?" And obviously, it's a he's hoping for a certain outcome with that that answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it's it's tough to say, really. I mean, like it depends where you go uh, for a start. Obviously, if you're in a if you're in a their ground, sometimes that's different to how their away fans are, for example. So. I know Leicester's a really tough place to go to because they give them things, them super clackers, and then I tell you what, they make they make a hell of a noise with them. Like, um, and and they've got all they just give them stuff to make a noise with. Like Watford's a really tough place to go because they have got some some mascot with a drum, and he stands by the away end, and you're trying to sing your song, but he does a different beat, and you can't sing your own song. So there's loads of different ways of doing it. Like, but the the Jordies, I think, are the most like Liverpool fans because it's like a similar sort of philosophy in the city and all that type and I really like the Geordie fans and I think they deserve better than what they've got to be honest with you because mm-hmm. they're a one club city as well and you know it's um, they they are really good fans but there's, there's good fans in all the clubs you know you know, you, you look at teams like Manchester City's away fans come to Anfield they can step up My fans at Anfield they step up big time uh, so yeah there's they're all they're all Decent, but the no nowhere near as good as Liverpool. Really, like you know. <laughs> tell, me, tell me,
4: Chris. Tell me, Chris. In your opinion, you know, I've watched a few games myself, and I prefer going with the away fans to the to the away section, in the, in the, in the, obviously on the away days. And I tend to find that the the, the some, there's sections in our home, especially at Newcastle, where the fans are they they're not supporters, they're just fans, like you had mentioned previously. Um, do you find that in Liverpool uh, at yeah. Anfield? Are there sections in the in the stadium where you've maybe got your your tourists watching the game, and then you've got maybe the cop in, which is just you know your die-hard fans that are that are there through thick yeah. and thin. Um, yeah, I think and, you can get I, that.
1: Go on, sorry, sorry, Nick.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no. I just wanted to know your opinion because I mean, yeah. for me, my best atmosphere is is, is when I go away. Uh, you know, we could be losing. I think we went away to Blackburn. We we lost 1-0 in the championship. We took 7,000 fans there and it was probably my best best away day, uh, even though we lost because it was just such, I mean, you had 7,000 Geordies singing uh, from, from minute one to 90, um, but you, you were at home the week before against Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and it was just, it it was a little bit boring in, in 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 some aspects if you want to look at it from that from that perspective. Yeah,
1: you you, you get that. At, I think you get that at every stadium in England to be honest with you. And yeah. It it's it's too easy to say tourists. I don't think it's that, I don't think that's the case because I, I yeah. you know I've been going the game a long time, Mike, and I know just as many scouts as who don't sing as people who come from out of town. I know loads of people who come from yeah. out of town who know every word to every song and sing the heart out. Yeah. And I know especially, you know, I've, I've been over and seen fans from all around the world and I've been over to America and, you know, they know every word to every song. They, they sing it slightly differently. Like, Just <laughs> there's a beat that's slightly different sometimes because you're hearing it through the television, you're not hearing it in quite the same way. So it sounds different to me and the accent as well. But, like... And I've seen them come over and I've gone to a game in England with fans that I've met over abroad and stuff like that. And they're just as passionate as anyone there. just depends who you are, what's going on in your life. There's loads of people I know that, like, there's a fella that used to leave. In fact, I was talking to Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV, right? And um, Wonga,
0: it's your man that eh? (laughs) wants it.
1: I was was talking to him, right, a a few years ago and he said there's a guy that leaves on, like, 60 minutes or something like that, every game like near me. I'm like, what are you, what's that about? turns out he lived about five hours away from the ground Uh, and he had to leave to get his train home and stuff like that. Like, so you don't actually know like what people's life situation. That guy traveled five hours. There to travel five hours back to watch sixty minutes of the game, and you Jeez, th- and man. people probably he walks up the ground, and people think, "Oh, what a loser! He's leaving he early. He's like, yeah. oh. put ten ten hours traveling just to see sixty <laughs> minutes of a football match." But, al- but also <laughs> to, to leave see the end of,
0: you know what <laughs> and I mean? But to leave, but to leave after, after sixty minutes, but to leave yeah. sixty minutes must be gut wrenching as well to know, "Shit, I'm gonna I have to leave after traveling <laughs> ten hours." is insane.
1: Damn. <laughs> So yeah, you just what, don't know what people's situations are, do you? Yeah, that's kind yeah, of it. Sure. Like, and I love the away games. The away games are amazing. And one of my favourite away games is Liverpool against Derby in like the Capital One Cup or something. Because the songs that we sang were completely different to what we normally sing on an away day. Because there was a bit of an older yeah. crowd there, maybe it was slightly more scouts, and you, you can you can notice that when you go on the away days and you never stop singing on an away day and I absolutely love them. And you get those games where it's like a 12.30 kick-off against Brighton at home and you can just feel that everyone's a little bit hungover or they're not really up for it. But you get that at every stadium in the in, in the UK. Sure, sure. sure. All
3: and, right. And so I it a lot <laughs> <an> Arsenal
1: <laughs> though, Wonga. You get it a lot of arsenal
2: with the pandemic you know and obviously fans not being allowed to allowed to to come into the stadiums you know um you know i think Claudio always complains he's he's the biggest advocate in saying that you know, Liverpool wouldn't be in the situation if the fans were back in the stadium. Liverpool would be a little, uh, doing a little bit better. Um, so, what do you think the, the impact has had on certain clubs? I know Man City is thriving because Man City never have fans in the stadium, so they obviously West to- Ham. <laughs> but West Ham's <laughs> is another example. I know
0: you're making West Ham <laughs> yeah. yeah. as well. With With their fans, they look West great.
2: West Ham as well. Yeah. West Ham and Man City. Yeah, those are two yeah. two, two two clubs who never have um, uh, capacity uh, to, to to the rafters.
1: I think it does make a difference. I think it it probably affects some clubs more than others. I think even when like Gary Neville came out this week and said on his podcast on Sky Sports that he thinks it's affected Liverpool a lot not having the fans there, and that's you know Manchester United legend coming out and saying it. So it's not just Liverpool fans I think that are saying this type of thing. And you know I don't think you know I don't think we're maybe it's tough to say because the injuries are obviously a massive part. It's everything yeah. all together, you know. And you know I think everybody's going through the same boat almost aren't they with the fans but not everybody's going through the injuries and maybe there's a hangover who knows but it just seems to be there's a lot of stuff at the moment for liverpool to deal with i suppose
0: yeah and before we go to the results matt wonger do you guys want to ask one more question
3: actually i was wondering because i mean it's supporting liverpool it's it's been like and you know Spurs we'd we'd love to be on the kind of roller coaster you on have you know be like oh we won the league and now we're having a shit season that must be so horrible I feel so bad um, <laughs> <laughs> but then but, but it, it, like it, it has been a massive roller coaster and you know sort of the last couple of years and 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 the really shit thing is like you've gone through this massive high at the same time as not being able to be at the stadium so it's almost like you've been robbed of that experience and I suppose yeah and you're in the city so I wanted to find out how are you guys kind of. Have have you felt that the city itself has kind of been doing something different to kind of let that feel real? Because I mean, I know Liverpool fans who are removed might not feel the same, but you guys must have felt a bit robbed to a certain extent. Of yeah, of what I that think should so.
1: Like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we we do like um because you're supposed to get a big parade, and it was supposed to be the parade of all parades after 30 years of not winning a league title. Yeah, and we. We might never get to do that. I mean, could you see Liverpool putting a parade on now, genuinely, a year after when Manchester City are about to be crowned champions? Oh, I mean, we were dude. talking about this on our podcast before, actually, and I said, just do it anyway, because it will piss everyone off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, equally, it would be a little bit sad, wouldn't it, Parade parading a trophy that's not actually... You might not even be able to parade the trophy. You might have to ask Man City if you could borrow the trophy for a start. <laughs> um, but that's it. I think we all... And I think a lot of fans from all around the world would have made a pilgrimage as well. So I think there's fans from outside of the city that would have gone, you know what, I'm definitely going to be there for that weekend and stuff like that. So they probably all feel, Rob. But for us, it's gut-wrenching. It it really is because I want to show my appreciation for what that team did. Um, And I kind of came to this conclusion before is that I'd still actually genuinely be okay with it because I haven't shown my appreciation for what they did for us and no amount of time is going to stop that i still haven't sh- mm. i still haven't shown them how much it means to me in a big crowd it is a little bit don't get me wrong i understand that's a little bit weird like parading something a year after but so what like the players it. deserve that parade hey chris yeah. what about a player <laughs> like genie
0: what a, so, sorry Matt, but like genie i mean it looks like he's on his way out he's not going to get that so after all that that time at the club and all that hard work, he's probably going to leave end of the season, and yeah, that moment's gone for him.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, and I think they deserve it more than the fans do, and that's kind of where I came mm-hmm. to. It's like it's not for us, it's for them, and it's you know if you can show that appreciation after the amount of time, then mm-hmm. brilliant. Let's do it. Like, but I can't imagine that they would, to be honest, because it'd just be a bit weird, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah. Sorry, finish up like that. you said, maybe the bus could just carry on, you know, once the parade is finished. It can just, just drive straight on to, to Manchester. Manchester and drop off the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. Right, do yeah, you, yeah. you have anything you want to say? Uh, I don't have any question. I mean, I was just laughing at the fact that you said that Arsenal was um, um, one of those stadiums where you, uh, you get those um, <laughs> those fans that are just there. I, I, sometimes, I won't lie to you. I feel like I'm I can understand why people would leave. And I even I used to I used to actually be that guy watching people. Um when I think also, many times Arsenal, especially if they're losing, you see guys get up. Um, yo, masses leave the stadium early. Um and I'd be like, Yes, so what kind of supporters are these? Me sitting on my couch with a nice uh <laughs> or something in my hand. <laughs> <It looks laughs> but, like, yeah, I think I never I actually would think... consider considered that.
3: I think stadium design makes a big difference though because you talk about West Ham as well. And West Ham's field is so far from the stands because yeah. it's the Olympic Stadium and that, And and, I think, yeah. and Arsenal also feels like, I don't actually know whether it is or not, but it feels like it's it's distant. And I know what was really nice about the old White Hot Lane, which I think they've tried to re- replicate with the new stadium, is that the, the stands were very close to the grass. You know, you, you, you really yeah. felt like you were on top of the field. And you get that feel in certain stadiums. And the King Power, Leicester's another one where you really feel like you could just you could lean over and pat them on the back. And I think that makes yeah. a big difference in terms of atmosphere because then it doesn't take too many of you to make a noise for, for that to resonate and for the players to feel it. And I think when you get these stadiums that are designed, you know, designed either for other sports or just not designed with the right thoughts in mind, the, the noise goes up instead of towards the the players. Mm. And, I think, and I'm sure that affects it as well. And they probably also sit there like, you know, come on, I'm doing this all day. Just give me a bit of a shout, you know. And I think that 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 mm-hmm. definitely. I think the stadium design—they really need to design it. You know, and you you know, Cloudy about design thinking. You should design it from the perspective of the players themselves. You know, that's who you're building yeah. it for ultimately. And I think that would make a big difference.
1: I I you know the big the big thing at Liverpool is you're not sat with your mates anymore. And so like I've, I I go the game and I'm generally on my own. Paul goes the game; he's on his own. And pretty much most people I know go the game. They might go with somebody. not sat by them anymore and that's a problem when you when you're selling out your stadium and when it's so difficult to buy season tickets Mm. like wouldn't it be great if the clubs just went yeah why don't we say let's see if we can move all their mates next to each other because i tell you what i'm going to be 10 times louder if i'm sat with eight of my mates who i feel comfortable with singing rather than sat next to two old fellas that don't sing and then I'm in the middle of them screaming my head off. Like, that's a big yeah. thing. And I'm sure it's the same across all stadiums in England. Like, get more yeah. people Chris, with their mates into the ground. Chris, I don't know if you took notice um,
4: a couple of years ago, Mike Ashley uh, sort of broke up the singing section in St. James's Park. I think it was level seven because he was getting a lot of, lot of abuse. So he moved all those season tickets <laughs> one oh, in one section, similar to the clock, uh, to, to, the, to the cop. And move them all around the stadium, so there's no real singing section in Saint James's Park anymore. That's why the home games are are pretty dire, to be to be very honest with you. Um, so I agree yeah. with you. I mean, if you can get everyone together uh, in one section, families in their own section, you know, I think it, it would make a huge difference.
1: Huge difference. Yeah. I think yeah. Spurs have done something like that, haven't they, Matty? Um, yeah, they've, they've the tried eighteen the something movements or something like that. Is it some fans? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and they've also they redid the the booking system as well. So when you buy tickets, because it used to have this really shitty one where I remember I used it a couple of years ago to buy tickets with for me and my dad and my brothers, and then it kind of randomized. So we ended up with four seats that were in roughly the same stand, but we were all apart from each other. Then you know when we got there on the day, we kind of asked around, and people were moving, so we kind of got to sit to each other. My baby brother, but you know, tis lost. And then the 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 the, the with the booking system is also try, i think they've tried to make it a bit better so when you do a booking for multiple seats they help it helps you automate to find to find them closer together um and they did the similar thing with the season tickets where you could buy and kind of link it together i think it helps because we we're moving to the new stadium so people weren't so kind of married to a particular chair mm. um and that kind of helped it but it's still not ideal i think there's still especially if you're going in for a day trip as well it's still very difficult like i you know I obviously don't have a season ticket i live in south africa so when when I do go through, I'm on a day ticket and then it can be really difficult to to get seats next to each other. And and that can be it does. It does detract from the experience a little bit because you are less likely to be singing and screaming and shouting with strangers. Um, yeah, so, fair. yeah, it, it it is something that they could probably I know that one of the interesting things I saw was there's always been last couple of years. There's always been a lot of talk about bringing back the standing stands yeah. and doing away with the chairs. And I know they were got rid of for safety reasons, but they could, you know, you've seen examples. I know Germany, they still have them in some stadiums and stuff where they've done it quite safely. I think that could be quite interesting. I think that could be because, you know, there's there, obviously they're not going to hold you to a seat if you're in a standing stadium. So that would kind of eliminate that, that risk of, of you not being near your mates because you could all just go stand near the the same piece. Well, of the no, chairs. you
1: would, you you, you would, you, you they, they're going to ticket them in exactly the same way as, as safe standing, so you oh. will get your your space. It is, and there's oh, a seat behind you, um, but it's not it's not come to fruition as yet. But yeah, you will. Mm. Celtic have got it, and they're obviously the ones in in the UK who've done it, um, yeah. and yeah, they they sell them just like a ticket. Um, and the oh, marshals, yeah, really. there's there's more marshals, more policemen involved, and more stewards to make sure that people stand in the correct spaces and stuff like. But I know that you know they do sort of. I think they did say at Celtic, we went to listen to a fella talk about it in in one of the Liverpool supporters' clubs a couple of years ago. Because obviously Liverpool, I think, should be at the forefront of any safe standing talking uh, talk going on, yeah. with obviously the history um, yeah. of it. And, yeah, it was really interesting hearing them talk about it and tell us exactly how it's marshaled and how how they deal with it. But, yeah, I think when when Celtic introduced it, they very much said, like, this is going to be a loud sort of singing section. So some people went, okay, well, it's not really for me, and I'll move and someone else can go in there. And they really made sure that it was people who wanted to sing all game, which is good. And I think a lot of clubs should be able to do that. Um, And I don't know what the movement's called, but... Um Flav from the fighting cock, I think, is heavily involved in whatever it is, the eighteen something movements for spurs. You tried to get a lot of season ticket holders together and, and stuff like that and make a sort of singing section spurs. And I think a lot of clubs should do it, to be honest with you, because it'll make the atmosphere much better. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is slightly off topic, but you mentioned stewards and selling tickets. And um one thing, Chris, for the, the Madrid Champions League final, uh, when I spoke to a couple of the guys and we were in that center where all the chaos happened for, for the singing and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I went to Kiev without tickets. I did the same thing for Madrid. wasn't as lucky because the prices for that, that sort of game was ridiculous. Um, but a lot of guys, the story, the one story I heard, there was a guy who got into the stadium at Madrid and he dressed, as, he dressed up as a steward. And he snuck through the gate to Liverpool fan and he just got away with it and ended up watching. But also at the same time, I ended up seeing like policemen smacking a lot of fans like on horses and things like that. But I mean, that story for me was mind blowing. Like I came all the way from South Africa trying to watch this game without tickets. Then I heard the amount of guys coming from Liverpool. There was a bus. I think it was a bus of like 20 guys that I know. I think of, on that bus, there were only eight that had tickets and half of them were affiliated like, with the club in some shape or form and they still couldn't get tickets. So for me, it was nuts. So just to be in the bar and party. But I don't know. Do you know one or two crazy stories like that from your, your own capacity?
1: Um, no, not, not really, to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, I know my brothers snuck into an FA Cup final when we were there because um, they, uh, they had in Wembley basically they used to have one steward for like 10 turnstiles. We just jumped the turnstile and the fella came flying at him and uh, he just palmed him like 20 quid or something like that. And he <laughs> let him in or something. Um, so I know a few like that. And I think there's there's a great one. Um, there's a play called, uh, Beating, I think it's called Beating Berlusconi uh, from when we played... Uh, AC Milan and Berlusconi, obviously, is the owner of, of AC Milan. And this fella snuck into like some area of the Istanbul Stadium, the Atatürk, where you weren't allowed to go. And he ended up watching the game next to Berlusconi in his box. And there's a whole bit played and made out of that, like which was pretty insane, to be honest with you. But I don't really know any anyone to be honest. I think a lot of people, you know, aren't interested in telling them. Um, if they have got in a dodgy way, you don't want to be outed, do you? You know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> crazy, and, uh, crazy. So, so, so let's actually, we're finally getting to the show now. We're talking about the results of the weekend. And the first game we're going to talk about is the Southampton Chelsea result. But they drew 1-1, guys. Overall, Chelsea dropped more points. I know we're going to discuss Liverpool game, but Chelsea <laughs> dropped more points. It's this crucial fight for top four, guys. Like who who's wants to share some thoughts about I, this? I think I think
2: I think you can you can you can give us a, a, a start off because your 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 low knee scored scored the first goal. A well taken, composed finish. Um I saw I saw uh, uh Mark Goldbridge going crazy about the goal actually on on, on Twitter saying, Ah, oh, Milamino, Milamino, like uh he was he was so happy. But I was also happy as a Man United fan um that 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 obviously that Southampton managed to get a draw and I predicted a draw that they were gonna get a draw against uh, against Chelsea. I just had a feeling um that Hosen was gonna do the thi- was gonna do the things.
3: My favorite yeah. one from the weekend was the tweet that said that Minamino's figured out how to get back in the Liverpool team and that's play well for something. <laughs> 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 that's correct.
0: That's correct. You know. Yeah, man. The Minamino thing is an interesting one. I mean, you're looking at him. He had an impact in Newcastle. He's had another impact here for Chelsea. And you're looking at the way in which Liverpool are playing at the moment, and I'm going, jeepers, we're sticking to the same sort of things and we needed another option. Maybe a player like that needed a little bit more time. I can understand why he wasn't getting a little bit more time. I don't know, Chris, you can share your thoughts there with regards to Minamino not getting game time this season.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I, I think you know, Klopp didn't fancy him, clearly. I mean, getting rid of a player when you're in a mad injury crisis, seems to be insane when, you know, Diogo Jota's out for us and Divock Origi hasn't scored off the bench since the Champions League final. Yeah, seriously. He's not come off the bench and scored a goal since the Champions League final. Like that's a long time ago, if he's just an impact sub. Um, and yet he wasn't in the running for it. And clearly, you know, there was some there must have been something. There must have been some issues there. There was rumours of him being a bad trainer or whatever. He didn't get the cut rubber the green, he just didn't get any opportunities. Comes in against Crystal Palace, plays really, really well. We score seven goals, don't see him for weeks. Just crazy. I mean, clearly a good talented footballer, but something, something for whatever reason, didn't click at Liverpool right then. Mark?
0: What, what's your opinion about Mason Mount? Because a couple of weeks, we've got a Chelsea fan. He's not yet today because he couldn't make it. Yeah. But Mason Mount, you know, he gets the penalty. He scores the penalty. And a lot of guys are saying he was only playing because he was Frank Lampard's sort of golden child or son. I think Celo and a couple of other but, guys here were saying it's Frankie it, Junior.
2: It, it, it used to be the joke that, that, that he's, he's Frank Lampard's son. But I think he's proven to us that he wasn't Frank Lampard's son. He was actually the best player in the team. He's been the best player this season. You know, what I mean I think he's yeah. he's now he's now a definite England starter um from, from from the performances that he's given. He's 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 such a fighter man. And um I, I yeah it was just a joke you know at the beginning of the season because I think he was overused sometimes uh where he did maybe re- uh, deserve a rest. But yeah he's been their best player. Without him I think um Chelsea would be closer to Arsenal.
0: Do you think he deserves a spot in in, in the English squad? Chris? Yeah
1: I don't care about England, me mate. I I have no interest in how England do or what England play. I don't even know if he has he had caps for. I genuinely don't care. He does. He does. He does.
2: He does. He starts. He 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 starts for England. Yeah, he does start for England. But
5: Chris, you started Redman TV with content,
0: but wasn't the Redman TV started off with content about the 2010 World Cup? And I I saw one clip where you guys spoke about Aaron McQuenna. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Yeah.
2: he's an assistant coach at cape town uh cape town city
0: Alex say his Alex. name again erin McQuena, the south african the one, captain
2: the one who used to play the one who used to play for blackburn
1: oh, yeah, okay for it was yeah. a long time ago i don't know yeah, we, don't we know. started <laughs> we did start doing that stuff we started with a balloon keep you up world cup actually and we were doing keep you with a balloon claudio that's oh, what wow. we were doing, <laughs> um, and I think we were more interested in doing keep you up with a balloon than we were with the international Thank team. You.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh goodness. All right, well, a see lot of Liverpool guys. fans feel that way though. A lot of Liverpool fans that I know don't really follow England. It's it's even Carragher said that it always hurt more to lose with Liverpool than it did with England.
1: Yeah, he it's was, just I not something we've ever been interested in. Yeah, it's not a lot it's, of wait, It's, we, it's, uh, we, it's uh, we we got a saying: "Scouse, not English." And like, <laughs> it's like
0: Catalonia. Down, Catalonia and
1: Spain, yeah, yeah, it comes down to it, right? We've been shafted by the government in Liverpool for a long time since the 80s, and we don't. F- and we're you know, we're a port city and we face outwards, and we're very welcoming, I think, to people from all around the world. And we want them coming to visit our city. We've never really looked over our shoulder at what's going on behind us because we don't really feel a part of it, you know. They, all they do is they, they, they tell us we're bloody this and with that and with thieves and da 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 da, da. and then it's like well, why don't you support the english national team because you're all pricks and we don't like <laughs> any of you thank you very much you know what i mean and all you do is call us names and have them forever you literally cut funding to the city they trying to manage the client the city is what margaret thatcher tried to do and you know there's leaked documents and all kinds of stuff about underfunding us to the point where we won't be able to exist anymore and they want us to be a thing and then forget it all because you know little old England they're going to go and try and win the World Cup it's like no one cares we care about Liverpool we love Liverpool we couldn't care less about Tottenham and I hate supporting Matt Wayne Rooney and I hate supporting Harry Kane and I hate supporting like you know what I mean I hate them all because I love Liverpool so much why are you going to ask me to support them I hate them I, right. it, uh, I
0: think that's a, that's a good segue to just let's just let's just Rip off the band aid. Let's talk about this one, Chris. Liverpool.
1: It's oh, gotta I go, lad. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> the tough I mean, game. Where, the tough where, game. Where,
0: yeah. Where do we start? I think before Chris and I share our opinions, does anyone want to take this? Does anyone want to start, you Because yeah, this is this hey, is point.
5: Claudio, I, I wanted to I say. I mean, I, I think Claudio was. What did Claudio say about Pickford before? Before the game, he said, You said Pickford. You saw Pickford coming, making errors. Uh, Liverpool stealing the game uh, and making people obviously pay for those errors and Pickford was on point that game. <laughs>
2: he's he's, he's think, game the season. Yeah, yeah he, he saved
5: everything. Couldn't, un, 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 unbeatable. And then, yeah. yeah, I think the rest just happened. Defence wasn't there. Uh, yeah, you could see Liverpool's just literally
3: hollow. I don't know how to explain that, but that's what they look. <laughs> it's just, tell you what, uh, I think Liverpool reminded it. me of Spurs. The way Spurs have been the last few weeks where you just see like we're not going to do anything you just feel limp you know like the the it was it was a game that that for whatever reason liverpool didn't look like winning from the first minute everton came there with kind of they were on the front foot they were really pushing liverpool weren't themselves i think losing henderson was a huge loss i think and and you could see it yeah. on his face as soon as he got that yeah. injury you could see he, he he felt it go and i think that was that was the turning point in the game whether or not you might have won it i don't know that's maybe up for debate, but. It didn't feel like a Liverpool. It didn't feel like the Liverpool of last season. That's for sure. You guys haven't felt that way for a while, but it it, it didn't feel like a team that was set up to win on the day either. Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, I don't think the, like the the Henderson sort of injury was unfortunate. Um, I don't think it would have changed anything. Uh, I think also as Pickford was pulling off the saves, I was like, oh, I've gone and jinxed this whole scenario, haven't I? I put my yeah. foot in it saying Pickford's going to fumble and he just decided with no fans there, he decided this was comfortable for him and he wanted to perform and he did, you know, fair play to him. But yeah, overall, I think Ozan Kabak, I think his positioning, you can see the youngsters being thrown into this sort of situation. He needs to sort of acclimatized still and he just gets caught out. I think that first goal is absolute shambles, by the way. I know there was a second ball, third yeah. ball, but he's positioning. absolutely He's more fixated on the man than he is fixated on actually the ball. He's not reading the game at all. He gets played, he gets spun in. So, But not, not too much criticism. He's weighed because he's young and he's new and we are asking him to do a sort of big job here. But yeah, like you guys said, I mean, they were flat. Zombies, I read someone say they were looking like zombies. I mean, the, the worrying thing is the last couple of games, this has been the pattern. So you knew off the bat, this is kind of what we were going to experience. And it was very different to the Champions League performance. It felt like they were energized there and you thought maybe they're going to carry that momentum into the game. And they just didn't. They just didn't. And I think Angelotti obviously was the key difference for Everton in this sort of scenario. He gave them that belief where they were like, if there is, like Chris said at the start of the show, if there's ever a time to beat in Everton oh, beat Liverpool at Anfield, this is the time. The time uh, Chris, yeah. y- you can take over here, Chris.
1: Oh, I really don't want to talk about it anymore, mate. Um, <laughs> you, you were look, about enough. <laughs> uh, honestly, mate. Um, it's painful to do, isn't it? But Everton deserved to win the game. Like They were the better side and we started terribly. Um, absolutely a joke. Like, But you got to give credit to uh, James Rodriguez. That touch before the assist is top draw. Like he pulls that down, and and because of the the way that he pulls it down, no one can get near him in time. And you know, there's question marks, of course, over what the other players are doing Thiago's header and Kabak's header and all that type of stuff. But I think Matty's right. I think you know Liverpool didn't look like we were going to score in a month of the Sundays there. It, it just never looked like. And and I think Matty's right again. Our mentality is wrong at the moment. We can see the goal, and that's that. And we don't feel like we're going to be able to get back into it. And that's the big difference between this season and last season. And there's obviously extenuating circumstances. You know, we've got a a laundry list of injuries there. Um, But, you know, equally, I do think that Liverpool need to change the style of football slightly because we're trying to play exactly the same way with inferior players. And I think to play the style of football that Liverpool play, you need top draw world-class footballers at the heart of your defence to play that higher line and we don't have them. And it seems, it's mad to me that we're continuing to try the same thing. It's just crazy. It's just something's got to change. Something has to change.
0: So so would you say, I wouldn't, the criticism, but sort of the opinion going to Klopp, right? So obviously, you know you don't have the centre-backs to play the way in which you're playing. And you're right, where they haven't adapted, we're not sitting deep, but we're still trying to play the same way. So should this be some criticism? criticism targeting sort of, club in this sort of scenario i don't know
1: not because it's, it's easy to sit here and say you know something's got to change but what if you changed it it got worse like you know <laughs> we're in a mad season where there's not much time for training you know yeah. and you're asking him to change i saw gary neville mention he wants to see liverpool play three at the back why we've got no center backs we're oh, gonna throw an extra one in the field for man we've <laughs> got 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 on <laughs> you want three at the back? you month. are you insane?
3: Maybe he meant maybe he meant one center back and two and two fullbacks. Just just well, go with come one in the well middle. And... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> guys, guys,
0: this is the same guy who got he took a job in Spain. He didn't know how to speak Spanish, brought his brother along and tried probably doing the same thing, made the striker play center back. Who knows? This is the same guy. So I think hey, you've got man. to take Barry <laughs> Neville's comments with a pinch of salt, man. Nick, as a coach, what what would you say? Oh, by the way, Chris. Nick actually coaches here at Tux for the University of Pretoria. Is the first team coach. He's actually just been given the job, so that's why I'm, I'm targeting the sort of coach, coach, coach. <laughs> to, to coach Nick. So let's hear, coach.
4: What, what would you say? Uh, I don't know. I think I think what all the lads have said is is very true. I think I want to comment on Kabak. I don't know if he's the one. Eh? Um, I, I, just the speed. He's got no speed. He looks. He just looks so lethargic and and slow. And he is a young lad. You know, he is. He's been thrown into a deep end there. I don't know what's happened with uh, the boy from the championship if he's still injured. But you know, who 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 is he gonna sort of who's he gonna use now? Um, I think yeah. that would be my first my first concern. And I spoke about this after the valid defeat. Um, exactly what Chris is saying. That high line is suicidal in my opinion. It's suicidal. I I don't know why they just don't drop off. I think they've got enough good ball players to drop mm-hmm. off, win the ball, and play it into the midfield and try and break teams down that way. I mean, there's enough on the – listen, the quality obviously isn't as good as, as what you guys generally have in terms of your, your Virgils at the back and sort of the play, other players that are missing. But, I mean, there's enough there to go and beat an Everton team. Newcastle United beat Everton. I mean, we're we about to get relegated. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I'm not even joking. I mean, we had, a midfield, we had a midfield of John Joe Shelby playing there and we had Kieran Clark at the back and, and um, uh, uh, Jamal L- L- LaSalle's. You know, you can't tell me that they weren't there for the taking. They're obviously just up for it for the day, uh, derby game. You know, let's let's go and, and try and get get a victory. But they they literally sleepwalking in to hopefully get over a line to to fourth place. And I I agree. I, I think there's fundamental issues there with the the style in which he wants to play with the specific personnel that he has. And I, I I fully agree. I think I think something needs to change and. And maybe it's 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 small changes in just the approach. Um, defensively, you know, you don't need to be this freestyle or, or free-flowing style of play going forward, counter-attacking, hurting teams um, for ninety minutes. Maybe it needs to be a bit more pragmatic. I know clubs not really like that, but you know, you're right, Chris. Maybe it won't change. Maybe it will get worse. But I mean, if you if you stay a bit more pragmatic, you might not concede as many goals. You have the quality up top to score. Uh, that That is clear. That's, but they haven't uh, scored. That's also, they haven't scored they've only, they've, they, No, no, listen, no, no, but, but we haven't scored. scored, we haven't at
0: scored. Home. Yeah, but Selo, this is the thing. We're, we're not scoring because there's a low block Then We're not be, We're not actually, from to this point, if we're pragmatic enough, we say, cool, we don't have the defenders to play this high line, and we do so deeper, you're actually playing into the hands of your attackers because then you can put more emphasis on your sellers and your money as you can break high up the pitch and maybe capitalise in the space in behind. Right now, we have no space, and these players that are normally effective in those sort of areas aren't getting that opportunity. So maybe there is something behind all of that, and maybe something, well, who knows? Like right now as a fan, and Chris can, can obviously say yes or no in this sort of scenario, but as a fan right now, watching them at Anfield is so the worst thing in my, my opinion. I dread those games right now, and it's only been four or five games, but it's because like as soon as, like you said, Matt, as the game kicked off, Kabak misses that header, and you're just going, and that's within the first thirty seconds. You're going, oh shit, What's going on? Where's, yeah. this? where's this, going? And you can just kind of feel it, and I can feel it, and I'm living in South Africa. Could you imagine being in Liverpool at the moment? So I think it is a tricky one. Right now, I'm blocking. I'm like one of those horses race racing with the the blinkers on the side. I'm just looking at the Champions League and ignoring everything else, <laughs> and that's what so, I'm focused on. So, so so
2: so do you do you, do you fall asleep when 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 it's home games, and you you're awake when it's away games? Jeez, bro!
0: You know that's an interesting question. That's that's
2: where, that's where you're winning right now. You know what I mean? That's where you know you beat you beat West Ham and you beat and you beat Tottenham. You know what I mean? So, so I think obviously you you you've taken on the mantle of.
0: But why does that work? work? It works. We know this. I mean, this is well documented. And Chris is a statistician, and he he knows his his stats and his numbers, but. Why that works is obviously those sort of teams are going to come out and they're going to play and they're going to, they we're, fancy we're trying themselves trying to, to yeah. try and open Liverpool up. These other teams, unfortunately, we just haven't found a solution. And it's always been Klopp's weakness, actually, when he came in. He tried doing this sort of thing and the teams at same Adidas has a great record against him. Also, Angelotti has a great record against Klopp when he was at Napoli. And that's kind of what it reminded me of on the weekend was he set up to do the same thing and Klopp hasn't adapted. So, fair play. But um, yeah. I see Chris is being quiet. Let's move on to the next game.
1: <laughs> oh. you know? yeah, I'm, just, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm just listening to you guys, talk. I'm oh. just yeah, no, no. I do you know what I what I would do, and it, it sort of references what Nick was talking about there. Like we're not the counter suppression side that we were a few years ago on the Jürgen Klopp we are now a possession based side and team give us possession and we're going to take it anyway like I think there's an ego to us sometimes where you go we give us a ball and we go all right, well we'll just we'll just score and we're not able to do that at the moment our shot conversion is down at 9.1% I think it's the ninth best in the league Crystal Palace shot conversions is better than Liverpool's right now Everton top of the table and shot conversion all this type of stuff I don't know there's more goes into it but gives you an idea we've had 450 something shots and scored 45 goals or 490 something shots score 45 goals it's not good enough I would engineer a way where Liverpool can get back to a counter press and to be quite honest it'd be quite agricultural I would I would hit the ball up long and go and tell me psychos to chase down the second balls and try and engineer a situation that's not coming to us in a normal game state because No, like we're having 80% of the ball 70% of the ball all the time we're not able to use the counter press, we used it really well against Leipzig the other day because Leipzig came at us, wanted to play the ball, we're really good in those situations we don't get that in the Premier League anymore because people know that the best way to get a result against Liverpool Mm. is to sit back and make us play through them because we're struggling to do it right now, so Mm. I think you've just got to try something and engineer a situation where you're really good at and we're really good at counter pressing, so let's engineer a situation where we can counter press a little bit more
0: and it's almost as if the players are fatigued as to trying to find out, figure out ways to to break them down. They enjoy it. They enjoyed when the guys are coming toe to toe because then they're like, "This is a heavyweight match. We we can we're going to beat you. We're going to knock you up." But when the teams are sitting deep, it's almost like there's no motivation. They're going, "Ah, oh, this is going to be laborious. This is going to be tedious." Yeah, it's just one of those things that's <laughs> frustrating to watch. But West Ham Spurs, Matty, your game. I mean, this is an interesting one. It got exciting towards the end, and you could feel somewhat grief for not walking away with the point. But in the end, Mourinho doesn't get the three points and the call to question whether or not he should still be a manager at at Spurs is pretty much uh, ringing louder and louder game by game.
3: Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, this game was a bit different to some of our previous outings or more recent outings in the sense that the the second half team, if you took Spurs from the second half and played them against the Spurs from the first half, they would have absolutely clattered them. You know, they they were offensive. They were on the front foot. They were pushing the envelope. They were really asking questions and um, the first half spurs were just flat, you know we were obviously the very early goal kind of threw us off our game and um but we didn't come back from that and and so and that first half was really frustrating. It just felt like we weren't really putting anything together. There was one sort of interesting chance uh for kane um quite early on after lamella was really he was probably the only player in the first half who was trying to make anything happen and he did, he did that really nice run where he took on like three defenders and then put Kane through and unfortunately Kane put it wide and that was really the only interesting bit of football we played in the whole first half then in the second half um, the early goal again just you know switching off not not being awake from the start it's, it was really frustrating but then for the rest of the second half we were a really good side and there was some really good chances. obviously uh, Lucas got the goal which was fantastic and gave us a bit of hope but Bale was again Bale was you know we watched Bale in the Champions in the, the Europa League and he was Solid. He was really back to himself. Wonga, you know, top bins. We've been talking top about bins. it. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, but uh, I think, and, and again, he was a lot more lively than we've seen him. We've talked about him quite a lot on the show yeah. and, and he hasn't been himself and it's all been a massive letdown and very sad for us Spurs romantics. But in, in in on on Sunday, he was again more lively. He was making chances. He hit the crossbar with an absolute peach of a shot. And mm. um, there was a few instances. Kane also had a couple of other chances. Son got through. There was a couple of instances where we probably could have turned this around. And it was, so in this, In a way, this game was slightly better than than some of the other losses we've had recently. It was almost like you could see light at the end of the tunnel, which we haven't had for a while. You know, the loss against City, it was very much kind of, we were lucky to come away with just three kind of a thing. And this one, it was, I mean, fair play to West Ham. They they did the job supremely well. They really did perform. They did what they were meant to do. Um, Moyes made really smart substitutions. When he saw we started to get a bit more in the ascendancy, he brought on some defensive players. He tightened up at the back. We found very little room to operate. Um. Even with that said, we did create a couple of chances and we probably could have come away with a point. I did feel towards the end like we kind of did deserve that point at the end because we'd really worked for it. But you, you only get the points you score the goals for, so you know we've got to accept it. But on I think on the on the basis of the second half alone, I I'm kind of I'm still saying let's hold on to Mourinho. Um, but I think if we can play more like we did in the second half, if we play more like we did in the second half over the coming weeks, I think we should see some changes. The problem for me is that I'm worried that Mourinho didn't see the same game I did. And I'm worried <laughs> that he won't necessarily do that. And, and that's the fear is that we'll go to our next game and first half Spurs will be back, back where they were. And, and that's when I think the frustration will come. Because in the last couple of weeks, we haven't shown any other reason why we, any other way we could play. So there's no reason to kind of debate it. But now we showed in the second half, if you play us differently, we perform differently. So, if we could just do that again for a few weeks in a run, give and and I'd love to see Bale get more game time and and, and hopefully start banging him in. And, and what about and Ali? Because really... Ali also
0: came on, didn't he? Also yeah, he came on and
3: yeah, he was a lot more and he also had a fantastic game in Europe during the week. And and it's so uh, you know, in that sense, it's really nice. Like, you know, we all love Ali at Spurs, so that was really good as well. The fact that him and Bale also seemed to click a little bit, that was really nice. There was some nice one two, some nice movement between the two of them, kind of playing off each other's shoulders and stuff. And I really like that. I really like the way they kind of, that bond. And uh, if we could get that sort of, you know, if you can imagine Kane and Son and Bale and Ali, all the four, you know, those two pairings, kind of the the best couples in football, as you say, (laughs) Claudie. If we could see them kind of clicking on a regular basis, I think we could start seeing some good results. The the fear for me is always with Mourinho, is he he, he may well revert to type and force us to play really defensively. And instead of just going out and winning games, we're going to be trying to claw back from from losing positions because unfortunately we simply don't have the defence to to play a Mourinho-style game anymore, which is frustrating because we showed at the beginning of the season that we did, you know, against City and against Arsenal. We were so solid at the back. We were really well drilled. And that seems to have all gone up in smoke. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, Devinson Sanchez, I love the player. I really think he's had some fantastic games for Spurs in the past. But against West Ham, you saw the worst side of him again. His positioning is just poor. He's not quick enough to make up for it when he is putting himself in the wrong positions. Um, Dyer is just, you know, he, he's, he's a really good defender to have when he's got an organized defense around him. He's good at, like, shouting at people, making them be in the right place and stuff. When people aren't doing that, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be able to fix it for you on his own. Um, yeah. And I think you know he, he's not Ledley King in that way. And I think that's, you, need, you
2: need a leader. You need a leader at the, at the back.
3: Yeah, and 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 we are struggling. I mean, uh, you know, fair play to Loris. He did have a bit a bit of a better game um, than than he's had recently. He was, you know, I I think for 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 Lingard's goal, there was nothing he could have done. That thing was just and and that's another thing that's kind of annoying as well because I was really disappointed to see us lose, but I was really happy for Lingard because I feel like he's a player who deserved more. You know, he's, he. I don't feel like United gave him a fair crack of the whip. I think he didn't obviously fit in the system there and he wasn't getting enough football and we weren't seeing what yeah. he could do. And he's doing really well at West Ham and he's kind of found his groove. So even when he scored the goal, I was like, that is such a beautiful Lingard goal. I'm so annoyed it happened today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and, and it's, it's so it's, it's one of those games where I was really disappointed with the result, but watching the performance i was i was slightly heartened in, in a way that i haven't been you guys have heard me in the last few weeks so i think you know that there's something to hold on to maybe i'm clutching at straws because i'm a spurs fan but that's kind of what we do this is this is the job you signed up for it when you joined the team so this is you guys you know. this is this, 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 yeah, this, this, is, this, this is what this, we do
1: this. glory in defeat <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I thought it was dare to dream or do, dare to do or something. Yeah. this <laughs> <I'm laughs> well, I think you've nailed it there. <laughs>
3: I'll get it redone. I need to find out what the Latin for it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Everything sounds better in Latin, doesn't it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Chris, um, overall,
0: do you think Moring is the right guy for space? What do you think He's somewhat lost his, his special, his specialness about him, the special oneness about him?
1: I, I've said for a while. I just don't think. I I just think the games slightly moved on, and you know it's easy to sit here and say that, isn't it? Like he's one of the best coaches in world football still. Um, he's probably top ten. I just think that the top two or three are significantly better than him now. Um, and I, I think I think we can probably all agree that if he was still the best coach, he he wouldn't he wouldn't be at Spurs, and that's no disrespect to Spurs but he'd still be at Manchester United. You know what I mean? He he really would if if he'd been over there and he'd been able to do it. So I I, I still think he can win cups. I still think he can win trophies. I just don't think he's going to do it with the consistency he did a while ago because how many managers have been doing it for 20 years? And like, there's not many. When you think about football on the whole, like Sir Alex Ferguson's one of those guys. Ancelotti's baby another one of those guys but even then he hasn't really had a big job in a long time although he's still a really good manager there's not many that can span two decades three decades and that's what we're asking uh, that's what we're asking Mourinho to do football evolves football changes you have your day in the sun and then the sun sets it's just part and parcel of it isn't
0: it yeah you has the you're hoping the sun's still shining a little bit there at Spurs, right?
3: Yeah. Look, I think. I mean, on the one hand, there's, there's, like I've seen a lot of talk about, you know, we should, we should, we should change up, get rid of Mourinho, bring in Nagelsmann. I, I don't know if Nagelsmann would even come to Spurs at the moment. So it's, it's also that thing of, if, who would we realistically end up getting? I think realistically, Spurs' best bet is to hold on to Reno till the end of the season, see how the, 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 the log looks then, see what we're looking like in terms of where we end up finishing up if we do come away with any silverware, which. I, you know, I wouldn't put money on it at the moment. So you know that, that kind of thing. And and I think that's probably what we should do. Is hold on. We've we we have in the past been the kind of club to pull the trigger at the wrong time, bringing a manager. We we don't time our managerial changes very well. Um, this yeah. feels very much to me like we if we got got rid of Mourinho, we'd get in the next Tim Sherwood. Um, and and the risk of that doing that at this time of the season is that you naturally get a bit of a bump from the new manager. And then it looks so good that you sign him up for a long term deal. And then next yeah. season we've got this numpty who doesn't know what he's doing. And then we're going to be in the Sherwood situation again. And I think, you know, it it's it I would almost say I'd I'd like to see us kind of accept that we're probably not going to get top four this season. there, there is some potential in 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 cup for, for cup silverware that we could maybe focus on and then kind of re- reevaluate in the off season and see what manage, managers are available who'd be willing to come to Spurs that could maybe put us over to the next level. And also, I think that the important thing has to be also holding on to a certain core of our players. And I think that that should be the main focus of the club is kind of saying what's going to work best to make sure that next season we get the best out of Kane and Son and yep. Ali, if, if he's still around. And, and you know, the, the, the Ndombele and Aurier and these guys who are now suddenly really performing and playing well for us. I'd like us yeah. to have a, a strategy that incorporates that rather than just the, the typical Spurs thing, which is we did that thing for a while where we would go foreign manager, not working, bring an English manager. That doesn't work. Foreign manager, English manager. And we would kind of, and then we ended up with sort of, you know, um, AVB to, 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 to to, to the rest of that and i think
4: yeah i'll tell you what matt 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 you want it, to it's obviously an english manager next so you can have steve bruce off me and i'll take <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> guys yeah. on, that note, on that
0: note i just want to stop interrupt quickly chris has got to go so i just want to say thank you very much chris for joining no us we, we have a little something coming your way after this, so just keep a lookout and it will be coming. So I just want to say thanks again and no good no luck problem. with everything. We'll, Absolute we'll pleasure. Keep thanks
1: very much. No, real, real pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm glad that I got to skip out before you started talking about Manchester United winning. Perfect <laughs> time, really. <laughs> well played, Chris. You're sneaky. all, all played, Chris. All played, Chris. <laughs> See
2: you later. Cheers, cheers Chris. Cheers,
5: bye. Cheers, bye. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Right, oh,
2: so, you, so so you don't want to yep. say anything
0: about West Ham? Ah, this guy, no. Well, we can't talk about West Ham, you we can talk about him quickly.
2: I'm just thinking, um, do you guys realistically think that West Ham
4: can finish top four? No.
5: Look, they're on the in,
4: they're on the in. Biggest team in London, no, biggest team
5: in London, biggest team in London. L- number
4: I mean, look, number four
5: the log. I'm They're looking at Spurs. I won't the lie to you. Rank, I thought, Steve. yeah, I can't get the highest rank. But when I watched the game, like, honestly, I think, genuine Spurs, they literally, like, they were lethargic first half, exactly what Matt said. And just to add on to it, the second half, yo, Spurs definitely, like, the, the one Harry Kane, where Harry uh, Bale put through Harry Kane, um, and Son was uh, open on the wing. But Harry Kane takes an extra touch. But even now, after taking extra charge, he, the pass was wrong. You could have, they could have still finished and buried it. It just, it just wasn't their day. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I, I still don't feel that... I mean, look, they, they, should, have, they should have beaten him. And they could, have, they, they could have been that match. They just didn't put anything behind the net. And I, and I, I, I just don't see... I can't... Oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. they'll win it. I don't think they'll end up top four. I think someone else, maybe even Arsenal will come up there, but not West not Ham.
0: Arsenal. I mean, you know, well, you so right,
2: up the now. Is, it's Arsenal is, guys. Like, like I understand if you said, like, you know, like, uh, Liverpool, I mean, going to finish you know? top four, so of Fulham. Yeah, <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> but let's 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 move on to the Arsenal sort of Man City game. Mwanga, what did you think? The line, just, kind of.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I just say something? I think like this is the kind of game where it makes you want to check whether there isn't there isn't some kind of match fixing going on in English football because. Arsenal seemed to... The goal was so early. Like, it was the third minute. And Arsenal were like, oh, well, we've lost now. And they did nothing for the whole game. Yep. It was like Arteta and Guardiola had shook hands before. Like, I'm going to win this run, right? And he's like, yes, thank you kindly, sir. No, 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 Matt. You didn't do it right. He's
0: like, like, uh, Arteta, I'm going to win this game. Uh, Yes, yes, you are. Let's just
5: explain how... how, you know, for me, Arsenal, what's frustrating me for all these years is that um, every time we go up against, and, I, and I'm pretty sure our record is bad. I've not looked at it, but I'm pretty sure our record is bad against the like the top six. Every time we go up against them, it's it's one way. It's one way. Um, yeah, we did against, we did well against Chelsea, and I'm pretty sure there's um, a couple I'm probably missing out, uh, but I don't think it's too many. Um, but most yeah. every time we go up against the top six, we get cleaned out, you know. And we just we don't show that you know we want to win this game. And that's what's frustrating me for for all this time. And now we come yeah. against we come against uh, Man City. Now uh, we've got nothing to lose. We are tenth on the table. Man City on top. We've got nothing to lose. Arteta, Smith Rowe, he's been playing well ever since he's been started. Why not start the guy? You start Udogod. You got from Madrid. Uh, who's not even starting in Madrid? Um, I'm not saying Udegaard's a bad player but Smith-Rowe has, has proven himself I think it's more it's than tough. Udegaard has yeah you, you have you have to start the guy you have to start the guy Pepe as well also on and off um, previ- they've matched pe- previously Pepe was on the bench I would have gone the same team that team was all over the pitch creating opportunities left, right and centre and then now you want to go change it then also now David Luiz I don't know if David Luiz was injured or what I never heard anything but then they go and start uh, Pablo Mario who hasn't, played, who hasn't started the game in a long time now yeah, you're starting him against. You're starting him against Man City. who are gonna load the box with ten men. probably all ten men in the box. You want to start uh, Pablo Mari. who has not started the game in how long? I, like it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I understand. You know, Man City is a good team. You probably, you know, you, you lose the game. And you probably would have. You know, you probably would have lost the game anyways. But the manner in which you lost it. I mean, I, I was actually to be honest, to be honest with you, we were having a a, a bride downstairs. We're like, okay, we're gonna sort this out. Um, I quickly, I quickly, we sort out the bra. We sat down, ready to start. We started the game off. We're still having our chats one minute in. Next thing you know, Sterling is jumping, holding. Free header. Free header. <laughs> three header. Three header. Holding turns around, and Sterling's probably in line with his face, and he's headed the ball in the back of the net. I was like, no way. What, what the is going on here? And then from there on, it's flat. Like, next two minutes, you could see, oh no, we could actually lose this game a lot. So I went, I went out. I actually went to go buy some coal. Come back. And there's uh, Kevin De Bruyne almost uh, slotting a ball in the in 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 the top corner there. I mean, Arsenal looked flat. Yo, I, I can't even. And, look for me, a team that has nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. You go and you play like that. I want to just
0: for you guys as well. I just, just wanted to take the one 0 man. Sorry, go ahead, man. No.
3: no, I was going to say, saying, City look, seemed to know Arsenal so. were going to do that too because City also they scored the goal and then took their foot right off the gas. Like they like no, they no. knew Arsenal weren't gonna come at them. So they were also playing it felt like a practice game. Like they no. and it, it which in a way it was like damning. Like they were almost saying to themselves, it's fine, if Arsenal get lucky somehow and get a goal, we'll just get another one. Like they weren't like yeah. they Do you think when Arsenal
0: game? Arsenal were looking for the manager and they were sounding out to Arteta, Guardiola was like, Yes, this is great for me. This is great for me. Oh. It's like oh. Arteta, you well, know like what to, like to do see, when we play yeah. you cuz i want yeah. this title next season it's like yes 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 boss yes boss yeah, yeah.
5: Uh, it must but be something like, like that like you know they when i was i was uh, when I, I i still to remind when i when i did make the when i went back i referred back to the the FA cup final where was the, fi- the FA cup final with arsenal beat semi final semifinal. Uh, the semi final yeah we Arsenal beat man city um i even thought in that game we beat them but hey yeah, you know it was uh. It was a very touchy one, you know. But everyone, you know, we come up with the win. Everyone's happy. But now, here it is. We, in the league again. And, no, it just literally showed. I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't too wrong about that. I mean, they come here, they, they scored an early goal. And for me, I've always said, I mean, I think most teams would prefer scoring towards the end of a game than than
1: mm-hmm. in the so beginning. The
5: you, yeah, so early. Because, you know, you've got the whole game, that's the game, to, to cover that lead. So, now Man City scored the first goal. It's still, you know, still... You pretty much level because it's only like three minutes that's gone. You still got time to you got the whole game score goal, but Arsenal were were nowhere. <laughs> but I also I I I I I, also, I think a, a, a huge part of our performance is also uh, based on the the players we started. We didn't play any like the guys we started are not the mm. same people that that are winning us the games and looking dangerous. I mean, Abonga's has with smooth throw, Saka, um. Yeah, and 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 all those guys around him, and I think the only the only change I would have agreed with is any starting. The only thing I would have agreed, with, but the rest I don't know. The other changes, I I, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. He could the only one. I don't know.
4: Crack cocaine, okay, yeah. maybe. No. <laughs> but, with but regards what... to Pumz's question here about what difference, like, just in my opinion, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think it's just mainly just consistency. They are consistent week in, week out, and I think it's exactly what you got from Liverpool last year where, um, I mean, you were winning your 1-0 games. You were winning yeah. your games 2-1. You know, there's, there's a sense of cruise control in their play where you know if they're going to get in the lead, they're more than likely going to win the game. Um, yeah. They've been fortunate with less injuries uh, than probably the other teams. And when we talk about consistency, consistency in a league that's so crazy I inconsistent. Mean, when, when yeah. it, I mean, the most inconsistent league of all time. You know, if you are consistent, you are generally going to find yourself near the top. And that's why there's a 10-point gap. But uh, also, valid, a- valid
0: thing. Sorry, Nick. I just want to say, like, a valid point with Matt pretty much raising. You know, this kind of looks like match-fixing. Like, for the last couple of weeks, watching Man City play, it's felt like that. As soon as they've gone mm-hmm. one-up, all the sides just roll over and die. And they're like,
1: uh, yeah. a bar maybe from Everton.
0: Yeah, they just they give, give up. up. They're like, well, let's save our legs for the next game because they're going to come in and yeah. win. It's almost like they've got that psychological advantage. But continue, Matt.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's something, something – I mean, I think Nick is right. The consistency thing is huge. They, they, they are an unstoppable force at the moment. They just and, – and they found that groove that they had. And the truth is they've also been doing it on and off for the last sort of three or four years. And they've gone through some bad patches and, and and peppers time and time again. We call him a bald fraud and then he shows – not he, he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I think it's it's another one of those things where he's turned around and he's, he's, he's drilled the side again and they've found that consistency and they just go and go and go. And I think what frustrated me about the Arsenal game was that you expect a lot of sides to roll over against City and kind of just accept defeat. But you think Arsenal – I mean, Wonga's right. They had nothing to lose. They, I mean, I think – they could have gone on and maybe lost 4-3 or whatever, but they should have given it a go. But they just looked like a side that was like, let's not get any injuries. Let's not get overly exerted. Let's get through this game and then try the next one, which is really annoying because after that game they had against Chelsea, they almost turned a corner. It was like Arsenal yeah. kind of re-emerging yeah. to kind of say, actually, we're not dead yet. We could still be top six, top four, maybe, you know, whatever, um, as much as we but, joke about it. And, and now this just kind of proves the point. that Actually, they, they, they are far from where they were and, and they're accepting of it, which is really weird. Um, and, and you know, Matt,
5: you, you know the funny thing is like Matt, you you know, like you mentioned that you know it could be top six or, or a joke or whatever. But you know, you look at you look at the numbers, those guys, everyone's literally like men the time in, in, in December when we were winning, everyone was losing. This yeah. week was that week again, and it's literally happened before you played. Everyone has dropped yeah. points before you played. Yeah, you've got nothing to lose, and then you like the one that thing doesn't make sense, your defense. You put Pablo Mari there, the guy who hasn't played for a while. And you want to put that guy? You want to put someone like I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying he, he was, he was uh, uh, the reason for. It. But I mean, I mean, you, you, you're breaking a lot of uh, uh, connections and things that helped you um, from from where you guys from from from, in, from this form that's been going um, going on. And we could have, like, honestly, you look at the numbers, and we can. You win this game. You you, you game even draw. Even get one point from this game. You go one better than you were. Um, in fact, you go one better than Liverpool. Um, um Tottenham, uh, who else was there? So I think the Man United Man United won, but uh, many of the teams there you go, less won one as well. But you go Chelsea on top true. of those um, yeah, Chelsea, yes, you go on top of the world. Well, you go draw Chelsea, but you gain a points in them. But now you you you've flippin' wasted it. Like it's 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 so
4: it's, <laughs> it's, uh, frustrating. Uh, it. a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wasted opportunity.
2: Yeah. I think I think I right, touching, on, <laughs> touching on what Pooms what, Pum's, what Pum's was asking in terms of the what's different with City man, I just think Man City as well is that the, the the way the season started, you know, Man City was similar to to Man United in that they started a week later because obviously they were playing um, in, in in Europe. So then, because they started a week later, things didn't start off properly. And then when, once they did start, you know, they were on the back foot. There's all these new signings, you know, at the back especially. Then. Somewhere it just clicked and then the and then the players just started playing well together and then he just knew that he needs to play Stones and, and Diaz. And since he's played um, Stones and Diaz, what well, Stones has played 21 games this season and they've won and they've won, I think, 20 of the games this season. You know what I mean? So that partnership in itself is, has been amazing for, 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 for Man City. And and when they score, guys, you can't you can't do anything about it. And they always score in the first half, as I always say. First half, if you deny them a goal in the first half, you've got a chance. Because, because they score mm-hmm. in the first half. And then, they, then, then it's like you give up. You're like, ah, let me just give up. Let me just damage it's the like a, it's a real
0: stranglehold. It's like a real stranglehold. It's like mm-hmm. a, a kid seeing a grown-ass man, and he's like, you know, this guy's going to give me a proper hiding. Let me just hide, roll over, and take the beating before it gets a lot uglier, uglier if I fight back. But yeah. let's talk about fighting back, guys. Um, the next game we're going to talk about, and Matt's been... Uh, Nick's been... These generic English names, dude. I keep getting confused between Nick and Matt. English. It's bad.
4: <laughs> again, i'm not english if nick is not english it's well, and nick, or
0: Greek. but if it's shortened, it's like nick Matt. i think it's the letters the amount of letters they are i think that's what i'm getting confused with like if i say nicholas then i don't think i'm gonna get confused from now on, i'm calling you nicholas nicholas okay. we've nicholas, got you. And, nick,
2: nick, nicholas and matthew
4: nicholas and matthew no they're
0: confused again um nicholas take us through this game
4: can I leave as well, please? <laughs> 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 nah, maximum. It's, but but it's, you guys uh, played well, man. Nah. In the second half. Ah, sell it, please, man. Take me serious,
2: bro. But made saves in the second half.
4: Yeah, off. I made saves. But it's just the same old nonsense. Week in, week True. out, you know. You've got Steve Bruce laughing with Olegolo Selshire after the game. As if he doesn't think that we, you know, as if, as if, you know, Fulham aren't, what, two points or three points behind us? Um, yeah, two or three, yeah. So I'll tell you what. I gave these stats the other day. Um I don't know if I told you them on the show, but, you know, we we didn't. Uh, we got, gave Alan Shearer eight games. We gave uh, Rafa Benitez ten games. We 13 games left, and we were in the same position with both of our relegations. The sad reality is our run of games compared to the rest, uh, compared to a Brighton... Burnley and uh, Fulham, I mean, we've got the worst run. And unfortunately, yeah. we are getting pulled into something where I think we literally sleepwalk into um, our to our death, really. And, Alan, um, sorry, it was uh, Mike Ashley came out today, or a, a news report came out today that Newcastle United is on the bottom of his list of business interests because he's she- trying to fix... Um, he's trying to fix a situation with uh, one of his holding companies I think it's House of Fraser's, uh, which is a, his clothing brand and um, he's not he's not panicking he's mates with Steve Bruce and for me it's not necessarily the fact of the matter that you know I think we've got a better squad than a lot of the squads in that area of the of the league they're yeah. not being coached we don't have a process um, we get the ball we either pump it forward there's no players around them Um and then defensively, you know, a guy who was a centre-back winning the league as a captain for Man United doesn't know how to de- teach him how to defend. You know, Rafa Benitez, give him credit. He taught us how to be pragmatic and hard to break down. We are completely the opposite, completely the opposite. So, unfortunately, um, you know, the writing is on the wall unless something happens. But in my opinion, if he is this saviour of a fan, of a coach, if you want to describe him in that way, who loves the club so much, um, he would walk because it's not good enough. It's not mm. good enough for the, for the size of our club and for what we deserve, in my opinion. No, I know I say true. it every week. I say it every week. Yeah. You know, cool. I, and I can talk about positives, I can talk about, say, maximum, but he's, 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 he's by himself with maybe an Almiron, and then you've got a Wilson that's out. Where are we going to score our goals? We yeah. don't score goals um, Omron um, um, so, was quite
2: bright, eh? He was quite bright yeah, on the
4: night. Uh, he is, yeah. but I mean, you know, you're going to say that against a Man United side who lost to Sheffield United. You know, you would expect a team like Newcastle to take the game to them. You know, Man United are clearly the better team. But, you know, yes, we did it in patches. But, you know, we're going to play like that against uh, a Brighton on the weekend. We're not going to get the points. You know, we're going to play against uh, uh, a team in and around that area. We played Fulham on the last game of the season. There's 10,000 fans allowed in that stadium. Majority Fulham fans. Who's, what's the outcome of that game if, if it goes to the last day? I don't see it happening. Not with Steve Bruce in charge because yeah. I just don't see there's a voice on the side there that the players can actually trust. And I know from a coaching perspective, I want to earn the trust and the respect for my players. I don't think the players respect him. And I wouldn't, to be honest with you. I wouldn't. Mm.
3: Well, you said, the other, I remember it was a couple of weeks ago, the first time you said you saw... Liverpool sleepwalking towards relegation. Um, at the time, mm. they were still a bit further from the relegation battle. And I remember thinking at the time, like, ah, maybe not. I think, you know, maybe that's a bit, bit, Liverpool. A bit you know, a bit much. But yeah, sorry, you mean, Newcastle. Newcastle. I do. Newcastle. I, was, Newcastle. I, was, I, was I mean, let me right playing off playing Liverpool. In <laughs> they have been a particularly bad patch, <laughs> yeah. but I think they'll survive. They've got enough to stay up. Just <laughs> um, enough. No, I remember you saying that about Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. And at the time I was thinking I oh, overreacted a bit, you know, a bit emotional. Yeah. But now i'm looking at it now, and, and the closer it gets, I'm thinking, shit, they really could be in for a tough one. because yeah. you also look at the sides underneath you who are finding some form, Fulham in particular, uh-huh. they really are finding their feet, and I think you know if it goes to the last day I, I, yeah. I mean, at, you, at, at this rate, you might be lucky if it goes to the last day no
4: exactly thing. and and I think matt that's exactly what I I, I I think you know i've spoken to a lot of people outside of the show i've seen this movie before i honestly i've seen it we've been we've been in a in between at one stage in the one season, we were between 9th and 14th for majority of the season, and then we just started free-falling. And yeah. right now, you know, I look at all these fixtures and I don't see where we're going get, to get any results, especially without our goal scorer um, and with the leaky defence with what we have. I mean, there's just no cohesiveness. There's no drive. Um, we are given away stupid fouls. You know, there's no direct uh, approach in which we want to play. Is it long? You know, I don't mind if you want to be direct, but then coach your team to be direct. You know, I'll give Sam Allardyce a little bit of credit. Please, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't tell his players to play. You or know, then you've, got to, you know and then, then you've got Steve Bruce coming out saying, no, we're trying a new thing where we're trying to keep the ball. He doesn't know how to keep a ball. He, uh, he doesn't. So rather just play to what you kind of know. Um, and I just – I don't know. You know, it's just – you know, I watch football now just hoping that we can get to probably 38 points should be fine. I hope that we can maybe just get a result. You know, I didn't think we would get anything against Man United. When it was 1-1 – what was it? 1-1 at halftime, I thought, hey, maybe but as soon as that next goal goes in, it's almost like when City score, you know it's done. Because what, where, where are we going to get anything else from? We don't have our top goal scorer on the pitch. He takes, a max, say, maximum off, who's the the hottest property um, on the, on the 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 yellow side, we were wearing yellow on the day, um, against Man United. Was it,
2: was it maybe uh, the covert stuff? Has he, has he finished a, a game like uh, a, a full
4: game? He, but I, you know, I don't care. As a coach, you play your best player, and you know, something's going to come from it. You know, he, so, had, COVID in no, he had COVID in November, bro. he yeah, had covert no, in November. But, you know, but he, the only but, one who's bringing something to us. He wants to manage him for what? Manage him for what? We managing him so we can play in the championship. He's gonna fucking leave us.
2: Definitely, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. I think. I think he so... could do all. Well I think he could do all well at, at at Spurs. Uh, but but yeah. <laughs> but, but, but 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 I think yeah. You did you did have a chance, man. I think you know. I've always said that our, our defense is vulnerable, especially when it's Maguire and Lindelof starting together. You know what I mean? Like you saw the defensive header that Lind that uh, Maguire had. Like you yeah. can't be heading the ball back into. Into, into 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 the crowd you know what i mean where, where 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 you don't know who's going to be out there you know you yeah. head it back so that it goes towards maybe the touchline or goes for a corner or something like that you know um and and Almirón and Saint-Maximin did give me a, so it did give me a bit of concern when 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 yeah. they were attacking and, and they looked good um but yeah my team yeah um i think we we've been drawing a lot of games recently so it's good to to get a win um yeah i think if we played a, a team that with a bit more ambition, um, mm. we would have had a, a trickier a trickier game. Let's say maybe like a, a Brighton, you know, um, something like that. A team that that can at least try to do something, you know. Because that and, and I think that's that's what you're saying with with Newcastle is that there's there's glimpses of of hope, but it's just not consistent enough. You know, yeah. I know that Brighton lost yesterday, but but I watched that game Brighton played yesterday with Palace. Brighton were all over the place. They, you know, they were all over uh, Palace. They had 25 shots uh, at goal, but cool, they lost in the last minute. But, but they should have won the game. You know, I mean, and and you can say, okay, no, cool, we're just unlucky. Whereas Newcastle, apart from the the Everton game, you haven't really seen them like performing, yeah, at that at that level and saying, okay, no, I can see this team actually surviving. Whereas, you know, Fulham is just, you know, trying. trying. They they're trying. They're trying. Yeah, I Uh, I'll tell you what,
4: I think, I think in uh, just to bring up a VAR situation, I think we should have had a penalty. I don't know if it would have changed much, but Harry Maguire absolutely blocks um, Jamal LaSalle's. They spoke about it for about 10 minutes after the game. um, And I actually missed the incident. And Harry Maguire, and why, why I actually remembered it is because, you know, he is probably the thorn in your back line. I think, you know, as much as Lindelof is. Maybe him with a new partner might be better, Harry Maguire. But he's not even looking at the ball. And he's, not, he's looking at the man and he just puts his arm across him. And the next man there is Jamal Asal, about to hit the ball. And I think the game was 0-0 at the time. And, you know, Newcastle go ahead. You yeah. never know. I, I Listen, we were outplayed completely on the day. Um, but, you know, he does take those types of risks. And I think he is, and, and it's simply, you know, going yeah. forward. You guys are fin- you, you guys are second in the log at the moment. If you want to go on and challenge to, to to maybe win a title, I think you need to make big changes there. And I think that no, will help you that's that's forward. the
2: first place. That's the first place we need to look at. The first place yeah. if, if 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 we sign one player, we must sign we must sign a new center back and then yeah. decide who is the person that he's gonna pay pay, pay, pay um that, that new centre back with. It's obviously yeah. gonna be Maguire because Maguire is the captain. And that's the thing that I that I hate. Is that it almost like because he's captain, he cannot be uh, benched. So it's Place, almost yeah. He, yeah, he has he's played every single minute in the Premier League this season. You know, he's, They're never been, he,
4: the, he's the, a the prospect. They trying to justify uh, the price tag. They to justify the price tag.
2: Man, you know, we you know with price tags, man. You know, we we've come across so many players that 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 have these these huge price tags, and and cool, it's not their fault because at the end of the day, they weren't the ones who created the price tag. But then the fact that he's the captain, he can't be removed. Like you know, Havertz is benching. You know, I mean, all these other big money signings are benching at their at their respective clubs. Pogba was benching at some point earlier in the season, um, and then obviously he played better. But you know, he's our most expensive player, but. You know, no, I tell you what,
4: I mean, I, I, some of the lads brought it up on the weekend about Andy Carroll and why he's not playing. And I think I brought it up previously. Jolinton is a big issue at the club, and I think Steve Bruce has a lot of pressure to play the lads. Playing, yeah. 40, 40 mil, you know. Uh, and you play Carroll. Carroll gives you, he gives you, you know what? You, what you see is what you get, you know. But he will give you that effort, and he will probably retain the ball a lot more than him. He's this young Brazilian who's done absolutely jack shit since he's been here. And I don't I, I don't know. I, I mean going into I mean we have gotta wait until April until we see Callum Wilson. God God help us. Sure. God help us. <laughs> Two months.
0: Right. Okay, go ahead, Wonga. So, go ahead.
5: Yeah. I was gonna ask uh Silo, about that uh, the Rashford penalty. Yeah, it was a soft penalty. Yeah, it was, I think it was not
2: it even soft. It wasn't even a penalty. I didn't even it's see contact. Man, was ah, there was a touch, but it's not like a challenge that's going to make him. a man fall like that. But there no, was a touch. Was, uh, you've seen him give bell- yeah, yeah, him.
5: You've seen him give But given. that was horrible. Yeah. But like, I mean, that was horrible. He literally stood on his foot. He literally stood
0: and he's about to run and he just... Guys, it comes down, it comes down to the, that, that sort of that premise that I, I mentioned earlier, like episodes back, was that defenders can't afford to make any mistakes. Yeah. A striker yeah, yeah. can is allowed the affordance to have 100 shots at goal and he scores the one and he's a freaking hero. A defender mistimes his tackle now to the centimeter. It doesn't even have to be enough contact. But the fact that he's mistimed it, it's deemed illegal. And that, for me, there's a huge discrepancy between what is an actual foul and what is mistimed and a, a, a defender genuinely impeding a player and a player taking advantage of the situation. It's sad, and it's tough sad in, like, modern football where they go, yeah, 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 sure, modern football, that's a foul. Yeah, 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 I've seen that given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The referees are feeding, buying into that, you know, and that, for mm-hmm. me, is ridiculous. That's the, the – mm-hmm. that's I always look at it and go back and be like – because I think from a, a defending sort of perspective because I was thrown into so many shitty situations like that but you genuinely attempting i mean it's it's easy for me to go down as well you know what i mean but it's 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 one of those that where you has anyone here played water polo yeah yes. you no, play the foul no. yeah you play the foul and that's exactly what it is that's what it is yeah, yeah.
3: but yeah. i i mean it's interesting that a liverpool fan would talk about penalties being given unfairly Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you know you know yeah but
0: I call those, yeah. out, I
4: those out, I
0: them out, I'm not trying to right. like seem like I'm a purist or anything but it, when it,
2: I see He tried to claim another one on the weekend, and the ref was like, "No, no, no."
0: Yeah, which was ridiculous, yeah, yeah, right? Did you see it? It was ridiculous. It was like wow. he it's just, just touched his high. arm, and he's like. But there was another one with money. There was another one with money where there was genuine contact. He goes down. It's never a penalty, in my opinion. But it's enough contact enough. to go back and analyze it and be like, well, screw it. If you're giving all these other things, then why aren't you yeah. considering that? And I think that, for me, is mm, the, yeah. the thing where you're like, well, if you're fucking up the game so much, then why isn't that? Like, why aren't you consistent with all the the, the, the sort of misdemeanors that you're giving here? And that, for yeah. me, is… No, it's true. Argh! Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
5: there needs to be consistency, yeah, but Yeah. He- mm.
0: Not that I wanted anything from that in the first place. I thought the game was gone long ago. But you know what I mean? And that penalty that Nick's come out saying the Calvert Lewin sort of wants a penalty. I mean, that's. You can, why, you can see why it was I, given. I
4: agree. I, I think it's a penalty. You can see why day, it's obviously.
0: given. But at the same time, yeah. it's, it's a defender okay, coming okay. back, Radio, making a different attempt.
4: Radio, it's if, 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 you know. The guy's need even an example. If you're not looking at the player and there's a player that runs next to you and tries to attempt to get the ball, but you can't see him and you tr- take a swipe at the ball and you try and kick the ball, it's a, miss it's the a, ball completely and you kick the, his leg that you don't see come around you, it's going to be a foul. If yeah. I so kick the leg. yeah, if you kick the leg. Yeah, if the not if
0: the guy's...
4: He guys trip over his, his, did he trip over his... Uh, uh, he, 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 tripped over, he
2: tripped over his back, but then... I think he's But
4: how
0: but how many I'm times is this scenario video. where, oh, come on, man. It wasn't even like he wasn't, he's literally need the guy in the head and he's trying to avoid him or whatever the scenario is. But now, because he's in the way, it's a foul. And you know The thing is, like I, this, think, this simply, block, I think
4: simply him. because that ball was spilt by Allison and there's an open it's
0: about goal. A score. To that's true. 100%. There's
4: an yeah. open goal to be passed mm. into. Open. That's open. That's why. Open. That's why. Open. Yeah. I, I think again, it ball. comes when back to he, consistency. When he falls over I, him, really, yeah. when he falls over him, there's an open goal. He 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 passes that straight into an open net.
0: Yeah, okay. I like Jason's comment. The championship is waiting <laughs> for Newcastle. <you, Russell>. <laughs> okay. we, we can end it all for that. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for speaking some logic on the show. No, he should kidding.
4: have he should have been sent <laughs> off. Let me let me boil your I blood
0: Jeez, <laughs> I, don't even know, no, no. I just, I just think it's, it's nuts. It's like the, it's generally, I get like, again, if we're going by letter of the law and all this other sort of stuff. But also, here's the, the other thing that I find quite interesting is in that scenario, the, the, the VARs obviously told him, go check this again. They pulled this up, so, going, listen, given a, There's something clearly not 100%. There isn't 100% conviction here. Go check it again. He then runs to the, the monitor. And he did doesn't he give look it at it
4: initially. Did he give it
0: initially? He gave it. Yeah, he, yeah, gave, he it. And it. It. We and gave it. They and then he
2: went, went to look at the monitor.
0: But the monitor that he looked at was the one angle within a couple of seconds and he saw it and he was like, cool, I'm gone. So I he didn't even take decision. it into account. Yeah, he was happy yeah. with the decision. So he didn't. And that for me is like, well, then what's the point then? honestly yeah. what's the point you're not even going to look at it don't even say it just say well stuff you Now i'm actually giving it courtesy because they told me to look at it but you look at it 10 seconds so that for me was something again the game was gone it wasn't like we were going to come back from the one nil down but at the end of the day i was just like geez guys come on you know <laughs> anyway and final thoughts everybody before we go
4: trent what a dirty player <laughs> no, he is. He does he he moments. He
0: moments. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; he's he's the type of player who sticks a leg out every now and then when no one's watching. So, no, he is but that. it was
4: it was, uh, it was a good show with uh, Chris. I think uh, for yeah. the viewers, yeah. uh, it was Definitely. Uh, quite great, quite great an experience insight. to be here, and um, always always good to see the lads. And we'll see you guys again on Thursday.
2: Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think I think ne- I think next time we need to get a a, a guy from uh, Arsenal Fan TV. You know, but just we need to make sure they don't scream and shout.
1: All
0: right, guys. And on that note, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. And those who generally come here religiously on a week or week to week, we really appreciate you. We are grateful. And if you don't know what to be, be cool. Be cool. Oh wait, you guys got that. You nailed it. Yeah. Have a fantastic (laughs) evening, guys.
2: (laughs) Glad to get excited.